0: I didn't- Weird. Seaside. I didn't feel like I was in
1: Seaside. I didn't even realize there was a Moe's in Seaside now, and apparently it's been there for a while. It's it the Shiloh. Yeah. Yeah. I was, was like, I swear that has not been there. No.
0: And I swear that has that hotel to be like- is like new-new. I mean, they have really good wine, organic Ooh. coffees, French press in the room. Like, it's nice, and it wasn't... Too terribly expensive, to be honest. Said, of all fucking so things. Fancy. The rooms smell like eucalyptus. Really Ooh. Nice.
1: Yeah. I don't know what is happening with this. But yeah, it's and then, then they've got this insane. little outdoor What's fire pit. On? It's just being flippity, flobbly.
2: Well, so twist it back towards your ear, like right there. Yeah. And talk.
1: She has floppy cock phone. I do. That actually, that sounds good. Is it fine? That sounds great. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It just keeps...
2: I Dan had an issue with it last week.
1: Wiggling at me. Yeah, and, like, and I tried to don't. do a quick
2: fix. We ended up just switching to this other microphone. Oh. Yeah. Um,
1: well, as long as it sounds fine, Yeah, no, it I'll sounds be, great. I'll be okay. Yeah. Fucking
2: New Year's, man. Yeah,
1: and it's got, uh,
0: it's got a little pool with a bar in the pool. Ooh, a pool the bar. The pool is 95 degrees. <sighs> well, I want to go they to there. They have a sauna, and then outside there's this little like fire pit area. And then you can just walk in, and they huh. have really good wine. They have this amazing Pinot that was just on tap. Just get your glass of wine refilled, and sit. it's just I'm did like, you, where am I? Did you wish really hard?
2: Right, <laughs> just, right.
0: Because next time we go there, we're staying there. Yes, please. I mean, it's just it's adorable.
1: Into it, and it's, nice. it sounds like it's in the middle of everything. Too, nice, so. and it just smells good. Okay, you know how like the Kimpton smells good? Yes. Right.
2: I don't know what that is.
1: Uh,
0: Kimpton, it's a it's a chain franchise hotels, but the thing about Kimptons is. Every Kimpton you go to, no matter where, in the country or elsewhere, it doesn't matter. They all smell the same.
2: Interesting. They have a
0: signature scent that they use throughout their hotel, and they will sell it in like spray mm-hmm. or or soap or shampoo. Oh! But that way, you always know you're in a Kimpton.
2: You know, Target has the same thing with mold.
0: <laughs> you
2: go into any Target, just. Smells like a, uh, a towel in a bathroom that hasn't been washed in like six weeks.
1: The towel on the floor of yeah, a locker room yep, bathroom. That's,
2: that's Target.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's you know, the smell of
2: savings, you guys. You know, the
1: smell of savings. I can't say that I've ever noticed the smell of Target, because as soon as I walk into a Target, my bowels are like, oh, hell yeah.
2: <laughs> I truly- Your
0: bowels. I
1: yeah. can't every time. Like- I'm going to say 95% of the time I walk into a Target, the first thing I have to do is poop poop immediately. (laughs) Poopy time. Like, I actually was having stomach, like, problems when I went to see my mom uh, in March. So
2: you went to a Target to alleviate yourself?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Because I knew it would work. Like, my whole, it was like the travel stomach where you're just like, everything hurts, but I can't Uh poop. And so... It was one morning, and my mom's like, "What do you want to do today?" I'm like, "Hey, can we stop at Target?" She's like, "Yeah, sure." What do you need to go to Target for? I'm like, "Nothing really. I just got to poop." <laughs> and she was very confused. But then I told her, "I'm like, I can't explain it. No matter what, I just every time, uh-huh. almost." And then I got myself an iced coffee at the Starbucks in the Target yep, yep. just in case. That'll do. It I was like, for "I'm her. gonna, I'm gonna hedge my bets. We're gonna just one of each." of these things I know works and guess what it worked it was great
2: well if if y'all want to uh, run into to see in a Portland Target yeah. right, check the bathroom
1: I, please don't do that <laughs> <laughs> please don't please, please don't anytime I walk into a Target the first I just
0: stop okay why am I here yeah like, I go in with intention oh I, yeah you get that Target I have a list in my head and then I walk in and I forget why I'm there yep. oh
1: yeah oh no that's the other thing like and chances are I'll leave without it exactly
0: but a whole bunch of other shit.
1: Exactly, instead. and, it's, and yeah. you don't yeah, yeah, remember yeah. what you went for until you get home, you know what's, and then you're like, "Oh, uh, god damn it!" You know I what's really funny?
2: Time. So there's the little target on Powell, yeah. right? Uh, when Lana was on her old food, uh, I went over there with uh, my buddy Amanda Arnold, Portland, Portland phenom comic, and it's like I'm gonna run in. I'll be in and out in five minutes. She's like, "That's
1: not a thing." No, you fucking won't. <laughs> That's... I was like,
2: "I I will bet you twenty dollars." She goes, "Okay." Wait. I'll bet you $20 I was out in three and a half minutes. Oh, nice. Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. That's happened to me, I think, maybe twice in my entire adult life. Uh-huh. Where you walk into Target, you get the thing you need, and you leave. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Or you walk into Target, and you leave with nothing.
2: You know, I have a thing about me where I do like to shop in stores that I like. Like, Target's got a few sections that I will check every time that I go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I like, if I'm of clear mind when I go there, yeah, I'll be, and this is any store, hmm. fucking in and out. Because there are yes. times where just like I, I cannot be in a department store. I don't want to be there. You're also Gotta a get dude. out of there. I get that. Oh, I grew up with like my mom would go shopping and I'd go with her, and then I'm just stuck in a clothing store for an hour and a half yeah. while she tries stuff on. I'm like, yeah. I can't. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: do That's this fair. as an adult. That's fair.
2: Yeah. Plus, right. I hate trying on clothes. Yeah,
0: also I don't either. A passion. Also, yeah. Uh huh. So, well, welcome to Ghosts and Hoes. <gasps> Ghosts and Hoes. Ghosts and Hoes. Paranormal Podcast, where we talk about all things spoopy, mm-hmm. and every fucking thing else.
1: Yeah.
2: I love this new intro.
1: This is the New Year edition. <laughs> Happy motherfucking New Year, y'all. It's 2023. Uh, boop boo uh, uh. mm-hmm.
2: Have fun writing the wrong date for the next two weeks.
1: Yeah. Probably, yeah.
2: Everybody does. So,
1: shockingly, I had to write it earlier yesterday and nailed it the first oh, okay. time. Nice. Right. I was... Just as surprised as you are. Yeah. Um but yeah. New Year's didn't, we're here. didn't yeah. do Fuck All.
2: It's January second. Also I mean we, it's I one, went, two, It's one two twenty three? It's
1: mm-hmm. one two twenty three. Yeah,
2: here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh went and saw mm-hmm. Big Trouble in Little China.
0: Nice. Fucking love that movie, dude. Good.
2: So I wa Narico showed it from What's More Metal. Okay. Uh Narico showed it to me a couple years ago. It was real stoned and it was like ten thirty. <laughs> so maybe fifteen minutes in, I was basically out.
1: Uh-huh. Oh yeah.
2: So we went to the Hollywood, my favorite place in the whole world, saw it yesterday. And fuck, that movie is incredible. It's incredible. It's so oh, good. good. So good. Pork Chop Express. Pork Chop Express. Yep. I, I wondered last night, as well as the first time, who is he talking to in his truck? He's just
1: Anyone rambling. Anyone who listens. Me, or is he uh, I mean it's not the he's Yes, yeah. he yeah, whoever is the whoever, fucking, whoever's he's just, listening
2: he's just telling stories yeah <laughs> no one else can get through to the places they need to talk to because hey, this asshole is just, just, just rambling truckers,
1: just he's telling a story if Kurt Russell wants to tell me a story in <laughs> that tank top oh, yeah anyone that'll listen I don't care yeah
2: that movie is awesome and it's so goddamn funny
0: that's hilarious it is so yeah,
2: good that movie is wonderful what's
0: her name Gracie Law Yeah,
1: yeah
2: who does Gracie Law play
0: no, is that, isn't that her name? The Gracie character? Law? Kim oh, Kim oh, Kim
2: oh, the Trout. character, yes. Yeah, yeah Gracie Law. Yeah, 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 yeah. <gasps> yes.
0: Gracie Law.
2: It's crazy how just a few years later, she got cast in Sex and the City and turned into Maude Lebowski. <laughs>
1: That's
2: exactly who she sounds like in Sex and the City.
1: I truly love her. Thorough. In Mannequin. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. see that? Lopan. Yeah, oh, man. I know, and God the Furies. Damn. Oh my God, this is one wonder- I love
1: the movie. It's Everything so so good, so good. that movie
2: is so wonderful. And we're going to see Babylon tonight.
1: Oh, oh nice! nice. yes yeah. I have heard good things about that. I one. have
2: too. I have too. Oh,
1: I right. saw the menu. How initially. was that? It was actually pretty good. Okay, I liked it. It was very fun. Um, I think it's out on streaming now. Okay, um, because the when I saw it, I think it was like the last night it was in theaters. Okay, and that was. Like, it was sometime last week. Okay.
2: Yeah. I just subscribed to Paramount Plus, like, right now. Nice. Because it's, we look through the movies, we're like, well, this is, it's stupid not to. Yeah. So I think once Stranger Things 5 comes out and we watch it, I'm going to cut Netflix. There you
0: go. Mm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. I watch something on a little bit of everything. I I got a show on Netflix right now, Vikings Valhalla. I've got Paramount Plus. That's where all my Yellowstone needs, between that and Peacock. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. So well, I also heard uh, Mike Flanagan's done at Netflix.
1: I think that is correct. Yeah, after they canceled, they canceled Midnight Club. Min- uh, yeah,
2: and then uh, he was just like, "Well, fucking fuck you guys! I brought you four incredible series, yeah. and I'm out. Bye." And I think he's going to Paramount Plus. So.
0: Which series were those?
2: Uh, it was Haunting at Hill House, Haunting oh. at Blind Manor, Midnight Mass, and Midnight Club.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. Yay. Yeah. So, right. On that train now. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've also got Hulu, because I've got shit on there, too. I love Hulu. So, so many good things Yeah, I canceled Hulu. cable, and it's like, why didn't I do this sooner? Like, what, yeah. what the fuck? Well, mm-hmm. I mean,
2: the thing of it is, is that once you start adding up all the services you want, cable's, it comes to pretty much the same price again. Mm. But also, you can pick and choose instead of having to go through packages that start at $120.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So, but I think studios are... Gonna start just making their own streaming services and then we'll just pick and choose from those.
1: Easy peasy yeah. lemon squeezy. Mm-hmm.
2: The right.
0: fuck? Well, yeah, all right. Well, shit. And do we have any backhoes? I don't even know yeah. when we were here last. I mean, like, a couple. Right?
2: It's been two weeks I
1: since so. I looked at you. Yeah. Here's <laughs> Pam. Well, uh, a couple. First and foremost. Uh-huh. Uh huh. RIP. God damn it. Barbara Walters. Oh yeah. What? Barbara, Barbara Walters died uh-huh.
2: yesterday. Uh, or on the
1: 31st. I think it was on the 31st. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. She was 94. Yeah. Barbara Wawa. Yeah. Barbara Wawa. Yeah. 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 Uh, Pele. Oh. Brazilian soccer oh, player. Oh, Pele died. Yeah. Oh. He was in his 80s. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Dame Vivian Westwood.
0: Oh goodness!
1: Yeah, Come she was on. also, I believe, in her nineties, yeah. late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: okay. RIP. Twenty twenty two.
1: Um, this one. Hang on, I have to find it on my phone because this was sent to me.
2: Is it another RIP? No. Oh, okay.
1: No, we're done with the RIPS.
2: Okay. Invermium I mean, well, I was
1: on, I was yeah. on TikTok the when other a, day. A pope died. Oh yeah, yeah. Clement right? Uh, no, Benedict. 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 Yeah.
2: The former Nazi.
1: The former. That he also was the only pope that retired. In yeah, like, in like six hundred years. Yeah, he's well, like I'm done poping. I could also
2: be wrong about him being a former Nazi. Just, he, know, was in, he
1: was in. He was part of the Nazi youth as a child, but that was something that you know was like compulsory to all children. Oh sure, sure. But sure. also Yeah, uh, hard to say. He was not hard to say. He was not a super forward-thinking pope. Right. I mean, yeah. for being a pope, for being a pope.
2: Yeah. yeah there's a lot of. There's parts of the new, the current pope. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, still, the other stuff, though, isn't great. Exactly. Uh, yeah.
1: But for being the pope, he's, I feel, the most progressive of popes. Sure.
2: He's okay with gay people.
1: Yeah. Which will, yeah. I mean, cool. F-
2: I guess. I think.
1: Great. I don't really. Maybe
2: stop your priests from raping kids. I, uh, I don't um, know a
1: whole bunch about popes. I just. I
2: mean, they're, they're still doing
0: they're that. Pope-
1: oh, yeah. that I know. But aside from. That's about it.
2: And stop controlling women's reproductive rights.
1: In general. Uh, This. This came from Kim.
2: Kim. (laughs) What up, Kim? What up?
1: Uh, Kim was also the one that sent the... Um, article about the woman that's ghost husband. Ah, uh, yes. Ruined. Because <laughs> he doesn't like to pay. Right. He, he right, made her right. pay for everything. Weird how that worked. Um, so she said, Thanks for the mention. It made my day. Also, I'm currently living in Nebraska. Grew up here. D. Totes is saying, What was the name of that place? What, what are we talking about? Uh, Potawatomi? Uh, yes. Uh, Dias tote sang Potawatomi the way every white breadman Westerner says it Randall's correct pronunciation made me snort laugh to the point I had yes! to, I had to immediately message you it may be my January
2: yes <laughs> oh vindication
1: no you were wrong I was wrong is what she was saying oh. <laughs> you were wrong and so I said so my lacroix comparison was right she's like yes but i've never heard anyone say it the way randall did for me it was the blind confidence
2: well <laughs> hold on she said that's the way every white yeah, midwesterner said it. she said
1: your correct pronunciation nobody says that well
2: okay that doesn't mean it's not like the way people say it and the way it's meant to be said are two different things
1: not disagreeing with you there, but nobody says it that sure. way.
2: Sure. I, I, I'm not doubting that. And it made me... Potawatomi?
1: I said Potawatomi. Potawatomi. Yeah, I, I think you said Potawatomi. Potawatomi? Potawatomi. Potawatomi. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody yeah. says it that way. And her, that being her January just really... That's the best part. Okay. Made me... <laughs> She's like, the the confidence... With which it just is okay. so good. I don't I know the
2: January story. I don't think I was January? Here for that. Yeah, you did. The was time there? that I
1: was so stoned, I almost laughed myself to death in my kitchen because my phone autocorrected January to January. Right. Yeah. And I couldn't breathe.
2: I have the confidence of a fucking iPhone.
1: You sure do. You sure do. Also, uh, I figured shit. we'd have we some snacks. We got snacks. Because, you know, because this, I, those were the only things that I remembered. Uh, okay. As far as backhoes, because I didn't write anything down, and it's 2022's business now if there's a backhoe <laughs> sure. that I didn't write sure. down. It's 2022's business. It's 2022's We're on business. we 2023 here. I don't need to know. Um, yeah. I saw these at the World Market. KS. Uh, okay. The picture... Oh, sorry. Oh! oh. The picture is on there.
2: Oh. Oh my God, I will eat this whole bag. And
1: there is a reason... I bought these hazelnut. Yes, no, no, I will eat actually no? chestnut. Yes.
2: Oh, maybe I won't eat this. Whole I night.
1: had to buy them because fucking Jane Toppin and her goddamn her chestnuts. Goddamn chestnuts. Chestnuts roasting
0: on an Ooh, oak, interesting. They color.
1: smell like something that I can't think of. Almost right now. coffee, kind of. Yeah. Oh, is good? Hmm.
2: I don't really have a distinctive flavor of chestnut, but... No. It's kind of tastes like white chocolate.
1: It tastes like cuts. white chocolate and caramel, kind of. hmm I like it. Yeah. Huh. Don't know how that's chestnut flavored, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. I'm not mad at it. No, I like mm-hmm. it. hmm That was tasty. Oh. so There's that little treat.
2: But yeah. Right. Into that. Like I said, mm.
1: that's all the back holes I have, because... Well, I was business. I was busy and forgotten. It's twenty twenty two. just us now. Mm-hmm. All right, well, who goes first? If
2: y'all think we missed anything, I guess we don't care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too late now. I love that for us. Too late now. <laughs> who goes first? We're moving well, forward. Um.
2: Yeah what what were the stories we did last time? You did last I didn't week. Do shit.
1: Last week was <laughs> come I on Eileen Eileen Warnos. Come on. Eileen. So if we're going off of that, you went first the week before in the Eileen story. I went first. Okay. So. By that rule, you would go first again. All right. Well, then I'll do it.
2: The fuck you got?
1: All right. Well, this week, guys, I'm going to
0: take us all back to Colorado. Hello. I'm taking us back. And to the original reason that journalist B. Schofield went to Crestone, oh. which was to look into the death of a woman named Amy Carlson and the Love Has
1: Won cult. Oh.
0: This story is nothing short of fucking bizarre. I... But... Yes. It's Crestone. Are we surprised? No. No, we are not. So, on April 28th, 2021, Miguel Lamboy from Moffat, Colorado, which is just a few minutes hop, skip, jump outside of Crestone, went to the Salida Police Department to make a report. And that was that several people had brought a dead body into his home. Uh, no thank you get out the deceased woman was not a stranger to Miguel she was Amy Carlson Stroud although he knew her as Mother God oh boy she was the 45 year old leader of the Love Has Won cult oh
1: yep which I'm
0: going to refer to LHW took
1: me a second but I know exactly what this was. is I bet you do
0: Yep. I'm um, gonna to refer to it as LHW several okay. times, just for short, which is a new agey quasi-religious group and suspected cult, one hundred percent cult, um, that had their headquarters in Crestone, Colorado. Because why wouldn't they, right? It is a it is a Mecca of spiritualism, over your back. So. Miguel told the authorities that on April twenty seventh he returned to his home. Oh, you might want to hear this part real quick. Okay. Okay. Told the authorities that on April 27th, he returned to his home to find five members of LHW at his house, which is not an uncommon thing because that's one of the main headquarters and places that when people would come into town, they would stay in his home. Um, except he gets into his house, walks towards the back of the kitchen, and he froze Uh-oh. in complete shock because he saw... In the back room of his home, a decaying corpse wrapped in a colorful cloth, laying on the bed. Her eyes seemed to be missing. She was so dead and decomposing that her teeth were showing through her lips. Okay. Miguel told the police that after he saw that, uh, he tried to take his son and leave the home, but the others would not let him leave with the child, so he left without him. Got into his car, called nine one one, and drove stri- straight to Salida Police because he didn't want to go to Sawatch County because of Sawatch County. There. So just to
2: be clear, dude comes home, mm-hmm. has his kid.
0: Uh his child was was there, yeah. Cause it's 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 a cult. It's not uncommon for many people to be there in the home. Is he co- part of the cult?
2: Yes. Oh, I missed that part. I was like, he just left his yeah, kid. No.
0: So okay. um so he goes, now, straight to the police station. Mm, yeah. So Salida and Sawatch County Sheriff's Department, very familiar with Amy and her group. They both have received many a complaint from families across the country saying that the group was brainwashing people and stealing from them. Law enforcement and former members have described the organization as a cult. Uh-huh.. Yeah. So close to midnight on the 28th, the authorities raided Miguel's home. According to the sheriff's office statement, when they entered the home, from the hallway between the kitchen and living room area, they could see a corpse in the back bedroom. There, they found a shrine and the quasi-mummified remains that were wrapped in a sleeping bag decorated with Christmas lights. Yeah. The body was grayish teeth visible with what appeared to be glitter around the eye sockets although the eyes seemed to be gone
1: festive yes I hate it yes oh, no. Yeah. what does he hate Uh,
0: when the police the, he made his report the police raided the home there they found according to the sheriff's office statement they entered the home They could see the corpse in the back bedroom. Their police found a shrine and the quasi-mummified remains that were wrapped in a sleeping bag decorated with Christmas lights. The body was small—I'm sorry. The body was—the small body was grayish, teeth visible with what appeared to be glitter around the eye sockets, although the eyes seemed to be gone. Wow. Two children, a 13-year-old and then Miguel's two-year-old son, and seven adults, including— Amy Carlson Stroud's boyfriend, Jason Castillo, a.k.a. Father God, were in the home when the police arrived. The older child was taken by social services and the adults, other than Miguel, were all arrested. 45-year-old Jason Castillo, 32-year-old John Robertson, 52-year-old Obdulia Franco, and 30-year-old Ryan Kramer were charged with tampering of deceased human remains and child abuse. Christopher Royer and Sarah Rudolph, both 35, faced charges of abuse of a corpse and child abuse. And Karen Raymond, 47, was charged with abuse of a corpse, child abuse, and false imprisonment. Now, Swatch County Coroner Tom Perrin said that the body, believed to be Amy Carlson Stroud, was so decomposed that he was not able to take fingerprints to make a positive ID, so they needed to resort to DNA, which her mother, Linda Haythorn, submitted. The condition of the corpse also led Perrin to believe that she may have been dead for a month or longer before the raid on the 28th. And Sheriff Dan Warwick, who we know from our story about Crystal Reisinger, said there was no evidence of foul play. As for the shrine, well, according to Ash McCoy, an LHW member who lived on mission in Moffitt with Amy Carlson Stroud for a few months in 2020, said that the shrine to Amy had been set up long before... Her mummified body was placed there. And the intention wasn't to create a death room, but rather a future museum dedicated to Mother God. Because LHW members were sure to one day need and want to see where Mother God had lived. Hmm. <clears throat> so let's get to how we got here.
1: Please. Shall we? Please.
0: Amy Carlson grew up Dallas, Texas. Family... Lived a middle-class life. She was a straight-A student who had lots of friends, beautiful singing voice. She sang in the school choir. But according to her sister, Chelsea Renninger, sometime in early adulthood, Amy started going down weird chupacabra holes on the interwebs. Mm -hmm. And periodically, she would leave the house to go meet someone and then would come back talking about what her family called outlandish concepts like spaceships and ascension. Okay. During the mid-2000s, Amy became interested in New Age philosophy and became a regular poster on the forums of the website lightworkers.org, which is where she met a man who called himself...
2: I already don't like it.
0: Amareth White Eagle. And I'm going to go out on a ledge and say this wasn't his real fucking name. Yeah. Anywho, it was Amarith White Eagle that convinced Amy that she was divine... And she began at that time also to say she would experience paranormal phenomena. She would hear voices and angels. In late 2007, 32-year-old Amy walked out of her family's Thanksgiving dinner, leaving her third husband, her three children, her job as a district manager at the Mickey D's, and took off to Crestone, Colorado to meet up with White Eagle, who at that time also called himself Father God. And Amy was to be called Mother God. They formed a group called Galactic Federation of Light and posted their first videos to YouTube in '09.
1: Yeah, that definitely <coughs> sounds like a cult.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> part of the Galactic Federation of Light was they would channel messages from aliens to tell us everything we're doing wrong here on this planet and how oh, to fix it. Oh, okay. I, I do
2: have to say I'm not mad about this name.
1: Galactic Federation of Light. I'm
2: not mad about no,
1: it. No, I'm just saying it sounds definitely mm-hmm. oh, like yeah. a
0: cult. Yeah,
2: like, oh, 100%. Full stop. Like, totally.
1: Oh, that's a cult.
2: But oh, for, yeah. as far as names for a cult is concerned, <sighs> not terrible.
0: No. So the theology of the group combined New Age spirituality, conspiracy theories, and mm-hmm. elements from mainstream Abrahamic religions. And Mother God, Amy, uh, was a divine 19 billion year old being who had birthed all of creation, with Amy herself claiming to have been reincarnated 534 times. I Ah. wonder how she gets that number. Well, she said she was Jesus.
1: Oh, okay. She was
0: Joan of Arc, Marilyn Monroe, Cleopatra, and that she would eventually lead 144,000 people into the mystical fifth dimension, where they're all going to ascend.
2: Isn't there a specific tenet of Christianity that says 144,000 Jews go to heaven?
0: Probably. Because there's some, like I said, there's some Abrahamic religions yeah, combined in here. And there's more that about to come up that I was not even going to even fucking. So they also claimed that Mother God was the queen of the lost continent of Lemuria. And the group incorporated the belief that Lemurians live within Mount Shasta in okay. California. Uh-huh. Yeah, into their teachings. Um their theology also included references to the concepts of Atlantis and the Anunnaki, which are Sumerian and Babylonian deities. And last but most certainly not least, the reptilians. Of
2: course, oh, because yeah. of
0: course. So they also believed that the world was run by a cabal determined to keep the planet in a low vibration, a low vibrational state, and the cabal are the global elite tied to the Illuminati. <laughs> They pull the world's sinister strings, orchestrating the dark sham that is modern life, in which everything from wars to mass shootings, don't forget pandemics, are all an illusion. Engineered to keep humanity in a state of fear, a.k.a. low vibrational.
2: Sounds like they are real stoked on being vaccinated.
0: Well, uh, Mother God, in, I mean, at this point, no fucking surprise, claimed that Donald Trump was her father in a past life. Shocking. And that Robin Williams, okay, the Robin Williams, who she claimed was actually the archangel Zedekiel, became one of her spirit guides after his death in 2014.
1: Hmm.
0: Right. I knew you'd love that.
2: Oh, and real quick. Uh, yeah, it's 144,000 Jews would be admitted into heaven. It's in Revelations. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So. Looks like she stole that.
0: She's taken a lot yes yeah she's borrowed a she's lot just, she's brought very heavily, heavily so 2014 would also be the year that good old ameth white eagle would dip and leave amy for i'm assuming any number of fucking reasons at this point point. and this would also be when mother god gained her first solo follower and that person was miguel lamboy who would serve as the manager of the group's logistics and finances Miguel, like many other current followers, claimed that when he entered Amy's life, he had been suffering from end-stage lung cancer and had already had one lung removed and that Mother God had healed him, making him an instant fucking devotee. Hmm. Well, the movement really began to take off in 2014, mainly by the interwebs. And from this point on, any man that Amy dated, and there were several, all became known as Father God to her ruling Mother God. So it's like when she met Amarith, he was Father God, She, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now it's Mother God, and there's all kinds of Father Gods coming in. So at this point, a core group, 12 to 20 members, lived with Amy in Crestone during their daily live streams on YouTube in order to recruit more members. Oh, no. Mm. Back up. Words are hard. <laughs>
2: it's the new year. At this
0: point, 12 to 20 members lived with Amy in Crestone. They would do daily live streams on YouTube to recruit more members, solicit donations, and to promote their New Age products and vitamin supplements. They had many, many, many little companies. Keep going. So, the group, what? That's fucking hysterical. Oh, no. They also grouped, uh, offered etheric surgery, which cost $88 per session, claiming that it could remove sickness and negative energy from the body. Amy herself claimed to have performed over 100,000 of these surgeries, healing everything from depression, cancer, Lyme disease, every fucking thing in between. From 2014, 2018, many others would join the group, many via the Internet, as well as in person. And... Um, A constellation of adherents steadily grew around Amy herself, Mm. believing in the orbit of her celestial body. Okay. Yeah. So in those early days, Amy was charming, vital, happy, but behind the scenes, not so much. Amy drank, which was not allowed in the group, and by several accounts, was a mean drunk.
1: Weird how that always works that way mm-hmm. like, and she would
0: become very easily frustrated with those that she saw as working against her and it was that version of amy domineering self-destructive that ended up taking center stage and taking her to the end here so <clears throat> the group traveled between colorado oregon california and florida Then in mid-2018, things would take a little bit of a darker turn when a man named Jason Castillo came into the picture as the next and final Father God. This was also when the group changed its name to Love Has Won and set up a mission base in Moffat, Colorado, outside of Crestone. Mission base was where Miguel lived, but there was another home. Gotcha. And that December, uh, Miguel Lamboy, now known within the group as Archangel Michael Silver... Purchased the property for 63000 giving love is one a permanent residence. They also rented a large cabin in Salida where the most devoted followers lived and where all the new recruits would be brought after arriving to Colorado for processing, if, in a way. yeah. <clears throat> so, members of LHW were told that when mom, as they usually called her, gets to the point where she's going to ascend and the world is about to learn the truth then the cabal always murders her or tricks humanity from learning the truth which is why she has been reincarnated so many times because <laughs> right when it's about to like go off and that we're all gonna know the truth of course the cabal has her killed
2: right so it's it's the best mm-hmm. way to keep that going and
0: sure. members believe that when the Ascension does and would finally happen, Starships would come and help the followers all reach, all the followers reach a higher level of consciousness without pain, and non-believers would be sent to live on the central galactic sun, or they would just be turned into rocks.
1: Oh. Okay. It's the
0: funniest
2: story you've ever read.
0: (laughs) (sighs) So, aside from the core crew that lived with Amy in Colorado, LHW had and has an estimated 100 to 200 ambassadors, remote followers who stayed connected online, and they all tend to communicate through Facebook and large group chats on Skype. There are also auxiliary group meetings in person in Australia, South Africa, and Central America. Now, Jason Castillo, the new father, God, had come across Amy and her teachings on the interwebs in 2013, and after he left his wife and children in 2018 to go be with Amy, he moved to Crestone and was glued to her side from that point on. Oh good. Her drinking was pretty bad around this time and like I said, as her body, ba- you know, her drinking's not great. Well, Father God would carry her everywhere. And oh. um mm-hmm. and in the videos he appears to be the most volatile presence. In the household he was prone to threats of violence Aggressive outbursts and generally Unpredictable and domineering behavior So by March 2018 Videos from LHW began To feature updates from the first Contact ground crew team Which is around 10 members And they would all get into a room together and speak Directly to the camera for a few Hours every day These were the core group of the in-person followers Who both assisted and protected Amy in her quest to help The world ascend most were young, all were enthusiastic, kicking off every video with a group cheer, shouting, Love is One, and yeah. breaking into applause. Oh, right. In the beginning, mother and father would sometimes be there, but over time, Amy's presence kind of dwindled and eventually it would cease altogether.
2: I wonder why.
0: Member Ashley Peluso, AKA Archaea Hope, explained that Amy couldn't appear on video because if she did, the viewer's bodies would explode because her vibration is so high and all of yours is so low. Okay. It's going to just vibrate y'all into soup. Yep. Uh, the real standout content, though, were the day-by-day updates on Mom's un- ongoing battle against the Cabal. On August 1st, 2018, viewers were informed that Dark Witches had attacked Amy and three weeks later The audience was told by member Archaea Faith that another assassination attempt had taken place during during this attack. A sword sliced one of her hearts, and the Etheric have been doing surgery on it for many hours now. Mom is throwing up, diarrhea, and shaking. Those are the That's, probably the bends from the alcohol. I was gonna say that are withdrawals,
1: most likely.
0: Right? So, shit's taking an even weirder turn at this point. With a lot of the live streams mirroring the book of Revelation, with followers talking about mother breaking through seven seals after which she'd move on to transitioning seven trumpets, then seven bowls. Predictions were always made and they were always changed after they didn't pan out. Yeah, yeah. And every day, Amy's progress was updated. By September 13th, 2018, followers are told that Mother had processed 99.3% of all the world's negative energy. And the rate of growth slowed exponentially as she approached the 100% mark. Her pain was described as reaching 50 out of 10
1: Okay, That's Miguel. Not how that works. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was like fifty
0: out of ten. Like it's she's in she's in extraordinary pain. Miguel Lamboy described her situation as very dire and warned, warned, and warned that something may happen to Amy's physical body. Her followers said that Amy was bedridden and eventually that she was paralyzed from the waist down. So. Shit's turning.
2: That's what happens when you're a heavy drinker.
0: So while they talked about how the idea was to bring love and enlightenment to all living beings, they also talked about final warnings to all non-believers. Oh, no. Mm, hit me. During one live stream, a member named El Moria. Sure.
2: That's not a real name.
0: Of course not. It's L, like E-L, and then mm. Moria. Would say, there's no fence sitting. You either stand by Mother God or you'll be taken out. Mm. You're going to be like a fly on the windshield, smashed. And when asked if they had weapons in the house via live stream during, you know, mm-hmm. during the chat, he slyly said, oh, we're supposed to say no. <laughs> Do you have weapons in the house? We're supposed to say no. To well, that's who? not, that's say not no at to- all suspect. <sighs> <laughs> when people ask if we're supposed to have weapons, we're supposed to say no. But perhaps the most shocking instance of threatening the public outright came from a video address by member Adam Holler in 2019 in which he said, Anyone who tries to fuck with us, we'll kill you. We will fucking kill you because there's no time left. And we've seen our moms suffer so much. I know that so many people watch these live streams. I know there's rich people out there with millions of dollars who watch these. And how dare you? We're coming for you. No. No, you're sure not. So... That
1: we're no, that's okay. Yeah,
0: because they're not giving their
1: millions of dollars, right? So, aside I from, mean, I think it's rude that nobody's given me a million dollars, but I'm not gonna be extra weird about it, right? right? I'm the like, same, not, I'm not gonna threaten to fucking kill you, right? I'm like, that'd be real cool I if might, someone I wanted might, to, right, right? Fair, but so I'm not gonna go out of my way, right? Because you know, who didn't you know who promised me a million dollars? No one, right. I just think it's rude that somebody hasn't given it to me. (laughs) Agreed.
0: So aside from the control that Amy had over her followers, um, she would, like, things like followers were only allowed to sleep when Mother God did, which was typically four or five hours a night. Naps were a punishable offense, and they could only eat donated food that followers would get from the food banks, which they couldn't eat too much of because overeating is ego. And they also were not allowed to snack.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you're going to tell me I can't have snacks, I am out. Like, so beyond yeah. out.
0: Just. That's just the funniest goddamn fault. Yeah. And so all of the followers felt that the deterioration of Amy's health was essentially their fault. If someone took a nap, or if someone snacked, or someone ate too much, all of these things are contributing to the negative energy that is ruining Amy's body, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how this is working. So, you see, they believed that the world's external suffering had to be play out, played out physically upon Amy's body, all of it. Amy had to process all the neg- all the negative energy in the world, which meant that when followers were doing something wrong, they were causing her to suffer. If team mem- if team members made a mistake, either Mother God or Father God might lose their temper, and the offender would be punished and or banished. In May 2020, one member of the group was found wandering in the wilderness, disoriented, naked, and dehydrated, with a feet full of cactus needles. Oh, no thanks. Um, He had been banished by the group for lacking the right energy. His eyes were also burnt from staring into the sun because he was told that he needed to do that to get light codes to bring back to Mother God to get his energy right.
1: <sighs> okay.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So let's move into the year of the plague 2020. Many members' families, including Amy's, would watch these LHW YouTube videos and live streams in hopes of seeing their loved ones, and many did, calling the FBI or Sawatch County Sheriff's Department. Amy's mother, Linda, and others started to notice that when she had been seen in videos, that she started to look more and more frail, thinking that she often appeared drunk or on drugs, and all the followers they would carry her from beds to chairs. The group briefly moved to the island of Kauai in August 2020, where they were met with some serious hostility from locals. I'll bet! After Amy publicly proclaimed that she was the Hawaiian goddess Pele.
2: <laughs>
0: White nonsense! The multi Day protest ensued with protesters lighting driftwood fires and chanting Hawaiian prayers around the rented property the group was staying in. They also threw eggs and rocks at the rental property, breaking windows of the home, as well as in the SUV that they had rented. Yeah. So cult member and LHW Oracle that went by Arkea Aurora at the time told the Denver Post that they had taken Carlson there because she had cancer and was paralyzed from the waist down. But... Linda Haythorne, Amy's mother, called fart noises and said that the diagnosis could not be accurate because Amy never went to doctors or believed in Western medicine at all.
2: On top of that, she doesn't have cancer. She's processing energy.
0: Right. That's right. So that's, the mayor, go. right. The mayor of Kauai, Derek Kawakami, intervened to negotiate the democracy. Are we sure
2: that's how it's pronounced?
0: Maybe. Kawakami. <laughs> so he he. Politely stepped in to negotiate the departure of the group from the island, which they did, but they just hopped a plane over to Maui, N- where. <laughs> fucking assholes. Yeah. Where uh, they didn't even get out of the fucking airport before they were stopped there and told to get the fuck off the island because they were violating COVID 19 protocols. Yes, they were. So back to Colorado they went. Now, let's touch on COVID for a minute. Okay. LHW claimed, of course, that it was the cabal. Doing their thing. Oh, uh-huh. uh, right? yes. Right. But never fear, they had the cure for the virus. I'll bet they did. And that was a little thing called colloidal silver. Yeah. In fact, so much so that in April of 2020, their company, Gaia's Whole Healing Essentials, received a warning letter from the FDA and the Federal Trade Commission to cease and desist.
2: Yeah. I remember John Oliver covering that. Mm-hmm. So they had
0: to remove the claim from their websites. And they did. So back in Colorado, Amy's drinking is dire. Like it's dire. She's calling it her medicine. <laughs> Cause drinking's not allowed in the group, right? <laughs> Shit, you can't you can't snack. You can't even overeat because that's ego, but
1: mama can drink, right? That's mama gotta drink. Earlier. It's mama we- gotta drink. Weird how that always works in cults. Right? Cult so, leaders are like, you cannot do this. But I can't. so I, I have to. As the leader, I am a divine vessel, yes.
0: obviously. Yes. So So she called it her medicine, telling them that her her increase in alcohol use was the result of the intense physical pain that she was experiencing. Sometimes Amy had trouble keeping it down. And in videos, she would be slurring her speech and was prone to erratic outbursts. Hmm, In one video, she yelled at one of her followers for not delivering her tequila promptly enough, saying, Where's my tequila, you dick whores? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ooh, Amy <laughs> shit Yeah, speaking of though, there are videos you can watch where members are being subjected to hours-long sessions in which they're criticized by other members in an effort to weed out the negative energies infesting the group. This was called "Find the Whore. <laughs> I'm not laughing at
2: how objectively <laughs> terrible yes. the experience was for these people. I know, no, but like, fuck, man, this is so absurd.
1: Right? Like, it, this
2: feels like a sketch.
1: I was just gonna right? say, it feels like something you would see on like Letterkenny or something, where it's like just one, a real. random one-off character. Yeah, that there's like one episode where she's a B plot.
2: Yeah, exactly. Or like something on Sunny. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: like when this they, is a
2: Sunny episode.
1: Uh, when they went to see what was uh, Doctor Jinx. Yes, thank you. Yeah, played Which, by Sean Combs. One of my favorite moments on that show. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Except> <laughs> just playing the right stuff yeah. on his bass. Just... This is real as fuck.
2: So I, I again don't so don't uncongry. take the laughing as uh, as insensitivity. This is oh this come is
1: on, sh- it's called find the whore. This is ridiculous. This is
2: so absurd.
1: It is. So, yeah, it's absolutely bananas. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, essentially, these sessions would involve multiple members calling each other out for their behavior, behaviors that seemed deemed inappropriate, or they might focus on one single member, often reducing them to tears. And in cult terminology, this is referred to as the hot seat technique, where a member is bombarded with accusations and criticisms, eroding their confidence and sense of self. So, shortly after getting back from Hawaii, though, Amy was brought on the Dr. Phil show by her family. He was covering the cult. Okay. Both Dr. Phil and her family brought up that she'd left behind her three children, who were at the time of her leaving, two, seven, and twelve. Uh, with, and she no longer had a relationship with them at all. Amy said, for me, I did not abandon my children. I begged my angels. I didn't want to leave, but they told me I had to fulfill my mission, and I had to make a jump, and I had to make a decision. Amy's family was most concerned, though, with getting her medical attention. They believe she suffered from mental illness, and her physical deterioration was becoming extreme. Her skin was now blue. Oh, from argyria, which is a result of her excessive use of colloidal silver.
1: Yeah, that'll happen.
0: That'll do it. She was her skin was blue, gray. She looks gray. Yeah, gray blue. She was extremely thin, and each time she appeared in a video, she looked somehow thinner. Amy's family had hoped that Dr. Phil would be a turning point in getting Amy out of the cult, uh, but the episode ended anticlimactically. They felt that Dr. Phil was their last chance to cha- change Amy's trajectory. They were extremely disappointed because nothing came of it. Can it's you real.
2: imagine That's... What, what it's like... When Doctor Phil is your last resort. Thank
1: you. Is that what Literally, you were about to say? what I was going to yeah. say. Like, <laughs> yikes!
0: Yeah, they brought her on because he was covering the cult, just thinking like this was going to somehow make her see. That she was in a cult, except. But here's the thing: she's the one leading it. Like
1: it's yeah. it's, it's one thing. Plenty of men. Like, we gotta get her out of there. What do you mean? She's the head honcho the here. This is all her doing. Now, it, your it's family all her. tells
2: me that you haven't seen your kids in years. That's yeah, doctor. You
1: know,
0: and that's, and that's fine. the man yeah. that was found wandering with the burnt retinas and the and the cactus needles in his feet. I mean. His wife had been trying to get him out too. He was an older gentleman. He was he was a oh, pet, just, and just giving them all his money. Yeah.
2: What so. was the do? You, do you did you find what the general age demographic was for this cult?
0: I can tell you, yeah, they're young.
2: They are all young. Okay.
0: I mean, there's some older ones in there, but for the most part, they're young. Because I
2: know when they were when they were selling the colloidal silver, they were targeting like old people who were watching basically QVC. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Those around her describe the last months and weeks of Amy's life as physically torturous. Yeah. She spent most of that time in bed, as she had for the last few years, but Castillo, a.k.a. Father God, and others would carry her to the shower as well, where she would often spend hours a day saying that the water provided some relief from her pain. Yeah. In April 2021, Amy was at the group's rental property in Mount Shasta, because remember the Mm -hmm. the Lemurians, and the landlord there said that he spoke to Amy on April 10th, and that he told her goodbye, saying that her condition seemed so dire that he thought that she was going to die soon. Yeah? Around this time, Amy's family... And concerned viewers watching these live feeds contacted the authorities in Mount Shasta, which resulted in a wellness check, and the members told them that Mother had gone to another property. Now, it's unclear if she was even alive at this point, but LHW members maintain that she had just moved out of the rental property, uh, but with no answer as to where she had gone. She had just gone to another one of their properties (laughs) on her little trek, whatever she's doing. Sure. Shockingly... Amy had apparently asked for medical intervention. Oh. Mm-hmm. And her followers denied it. Oh. They were worried that the cabal might get to her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: weird how uh-huh. that shit will uh, backfire on you eventually. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Sure
1: did. Archaea Aurora stated
0: in one of their live feeds dated September 15th, 2020. There have been moments when mom has asked us to take her to a 3D hospital. And we're like, Nope. Because there's just no way, and we know exactly how hijacking works. And you can bet your fucking ass that someone in that hospital, whoever that would be, would get hijacked and go straight for mom, try to do who knows what. They would try to take her to surgery. They would try to do some crazy-ass shit, so absolutely not. Now, it's unclear exactly when Amy passed away, and according to a leaked private group chat between LHW members, in April of 2021, photos were starting to circulate of Amy in bed, and she appeared to be unconscious or potentially dead. Ooh. And that's when she was still in California. So back at the primary Colorado headquarters, members would receive regular updates on Amy's condition. And on a live stream dated April 16th, member Bobby Lessman told viewers... Mom is not good. She is very, very, very close. And that's pretty much all we know. So pray. She's slowly, slowly pulling out her vessel. Pulling out of her vessel. (laughs) Sorry. So later on the same day, Lesserman and then another member, Dylan Woodward, gave another update with Lesserman stating, Mom is going to ascend tonight. Woo! To which Woodward responded, For shizzle, my nizzle. Okay. Absolutely not.
2: You no, know, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not,
0: nope. Mm, I, no. hold, I roundly way. reject that. Well, <laughs> that's what he fucking said. I rebuke it. Yeah. <laughs> it. In the name of mother God. All right, no. so then the following morning, April 17th, Lesserman and then another member, Jerry Lee Svenson, seemed to believe that she was gone, saying, we don't get to just stop now. We have to keep going for mom. So grateful that she's not in pain now.
2: You should really stop. Svenson
0: replied, so grateful she's at peace. But just a few hours later, in a follow-up stream, they indicated that Amy was still alive, saying, Mom is still resting. She's still kicking ass for us. Now, let's remember that the police recovered Amy's body on the 28th. And at the time, they believed that she had been dead for some time. And the coroner was like, eh, hey, well, maybe a month. So, I mean, the 17th to the 28th, it's hard to say. But according to Miguel Lamboy's statement to the police, he believed that sometime before April 27th, Amy's followers loaded her into an SUV and then drove the roughly 1,200 miles back to Crestone. LHW members insist that Amy had a pulse when Sawatch County police recovered her body, despite... Her body's advanced decomposition. Y'all, she was mummified and had no fucking eyeballs. So, no. No.
1: No. No, she
0: did not have a pulse. No.
1: no. She's not the man from Seven. No. <laughs> no. Surrounded by tree air fresheners. Right? No. No. Oof. That's not no. a thing. No, no,
0: no. They also claim that she occasionally moved her hands during the time in which they kept her enshrined. portion. Mm. And fart noises. Um, LHW Oracle... Uh, Archaea Faith stated that she's eager to see the results of the autopsy. as She suspects that it will show inexplicable phenomena that have never been scientifically uh, documented.
1: Okay, but if you're not going to take her to a hospital for treatment because you think the cabal is going to do something to her, why would you trust the results of an autopsy? You make no sense. I mean, why wouldn't an autopsy of God incarnate?
0: have the potential to turn up something miraculous, right? Well, Swatch County authorities maintain that Amy was, in fact, very fucking dead at the time of her body recovery. Yeah. And I happened to have read her autopsy report Oh, dear, that on. was released. And, well, well, Mirac- miraculous well, well Archaea Faith, Amy Carlson died from alcohol abuse, anorexia, Uh-huh. uh-huh. And chronic colloidal silver ingestion. Uh-huh. Yeah. You don't say. She had hydrocodone, Dilaudid, THC, acetaminophen, and alcohol in her system. Oh, shit. Good God. Pretty fucking
2: unmiraculous. So, alcohol, silver, weed, and-
1: Anorexic. And opiates.
2: Uh, probably Hy- Vicodin, yeah. Hydrocodone, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, 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 with uh, acetaminophen.
1: Mm-hmm. All of the- is Downers. The, uh-huh. Is that the downer that's in Vicodin? Yeah. I know I'm allergic to it, so I think it is.
0: So, autopsy report aside, it is the position of Love Has Won that Amy Carlson, Mother God, has ascended to the 5D plane of existence, shedding her bodily vessel. Yeah, Vicodin. But that she has not died in the way that most people would understand it. Huh. She is bigger than life or death, and she is bigger than a corporeal body. Okay. They believe that she is, in fact, still among them. Believers talk about feeling her presence in their lives, and in some instances, they receive regular direct communication from her. Mm. Jason Castillo, Father God, takes his claim even further, saying Mother is still fully alive and breathing in that box. In a November 2020 live stream, Castillo told Boy, I hope LHW members that they should be willing to die for Amy, saying, Search for your true identity, your divine higher self. It cares about God. It cares so much it will lay down its life for her like the rest of creation. But despite swirling rumors on social media of drastic measures being discussed in love has won private group chats no ideas about joining, Amy took hold, and no one unalived themselves, even though that was the swirl of talk, mm-hmm. right? But nobody did. Uh, September 14th, 2021, Swatch County Deputy District Attorney Alex Rains told Judge Amanda Hopkins he was dropping all charges against the Love Has Won cult members, saying, after spending a lot of time considering the abuse of corpse statute, it is the state's position that if we litigated it, it would end up unconstitutional. As to the count of child abuse, after considering the likely jury pool and other associated factors, the state decided we could not prove that charge beyond a reasonable doubt.
1: Okay.
0: Love is One, though splintered and rebranded, persists. Mother God Carlson lives on, in a sense, with her oracles still doing their live streams, sitting in front of a giant poster of Amy with her eyes closed. Hands clasped together, smiling serenely. A carousel of photos of Mother God rotates on the homepage of Jason Castillo's site. He goes by Father Mother God now. Oh. <laughs> and a link on another one of the group's sites uh, so that you can visit. You, you can book a $55.55 half-hour spiritual healing session that's labeled Your Ticket to Heaven. Mm. Offering peace and salvation. For a price. No, thank you. And that is the story of Amy Carlson and the Love Has one cult. Fucking Christ, Just
2: dude.
1: Bananas.
0: Mm-hmm. And she was anorexic. Yeah. And, and, and an alcoholic. And I, I don't know if she did the whole anorexia bit to prove that her body was wasting away from absorbing all the energy? Like, was this all, like, she she was just taking it. I'm sure she believed it. Yeah. Or was she anorexic to begin with? Didn't seem to be. No, I think she was mentally
2: ill Yeah. and was an alcoholic. Yeah. And then from there, it spiraled into smoking weed, taking pills, mm-hmm. and she was probably way too proud to actually seek medical attention for a mm-hmm. while. And then at the end was like, fuck, I got to see a doctor, and, and she had indoctrinated everybody yep, yep. so deeply. Yep. By they then were it just was like, too Well, late. no, we can't do that.
0: Far too late. They'll yeah. hi- Someone will get hijacked and they'll do something, yeah. Right.
2: I also would uh, not find it hard to believe even a little bit if they were all like diehard subscribers of QAnon.
0: I was going to throw that in. I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole, but yes, they are 100%. Yeah, when
2: you, when you yeah. say they're controlled by a cabal, I'm like, oh, that's just QAnon. Yeah.
0: They're just really just QAnon. Yeah, they started um, right when, because QAnon was what, 2017, 2018?
2: That's kind of when it started getting rolling a little bit, yeah. Yeah,
0: and they combined a lot of their shit with QAnon. Yeah, of course they did. Of course they did. Um, They also, I mean, in some of these, Hitler had it right, you know? Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hitler had it right. The pandemic was all
1: fake. It's all the cabal. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're they're all Holocaust deniers. Yep, Holocaust and deniers.
1: Steve Jobs is giving everybody microchips in the vaccine. Bill Gates, Bill Gates, five yep, yep. yeah. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> G. Bill
2: Gates has invented a battery so small that is also infinite. Uh, and wants to track people. Sure, because that makes sense. And you know,
1: wise. as they're also sitting on computers
2: and using phones, doing live streams. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. You want
1: to get tracked? I'm holding it right in my hand. Yeah,
2: that's that's the right. cell phone. Without getting too deep into the rabbit hole, the whole chipping a vaccine thing for tracking is like, bro, you've already spent the the, the chip is in your hand. Right?
1: Like, yeah. I mean, what do you what do you why? Yeah. What is no.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just the the, the things that they believe, and it's just the whole anti-Semitic and the whole. I just, I mean, I remember the, I knew I was going to mention it, but I really didn't want to touch on it because it it it's just fucking the things that they believe are just so fucking insane. Yeah, just so insane. Yeah, but um, and you might not remember this if anyone listened to um, Up and Vanish Season Two, the Crystal episode. Uh-huh. There is um one of the men that was Catfish's friends that this circle of guys that knew what was going on mm-hmm. uh one of them was named landon okay and he is one of the one that actually spoke with pain lindsey on the phone mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden this woman grabs the phone and starts saying pain we are light or just just a bunch of like weird shit yeah we're like and oh. Payne's like what well, that that was weird, and Landon was spewing some weird Ew. cosmic energy bullshit too. That was Amy Carlson.
1: Ooh, crazy Because Landon is a
0: member of LHW, um. and when Payne called, or uh, you know, actually got him on the yeah. phone, he was at the headquarters, probably Miguel's house or the cabin um. when Payne spoke with him because Amy was there, and she's the she's the the weird. Payne didn't know. Well, yeah. Why would he? Yeah,
1: Payne didn't know, but in through interesting I mean, it other makes articles sense, I though. read, it was it was her. It makes sense though, because Crestone mm-hmm. is yeah, teeny tiny, hundred fucking people. Yeah, yeah, man.
2: I I remember when John Oliver covered the mm-hmm. colonial Silver thing. Yeah, I was like, this mm-hmm. is
1: wild. I remember that. I Jeez. actually want to go back and watch that one. Again. I get you. Yeah. Well, that. That she happens blue. If you ingest certain things, oh yeah, it'll like fuck up your skin. Carrots. Did you see the picture? If you eat <laughs> too her? many carrots, it'll turn your skin like
0: a, a little it'll over. do it to t- your eyeballs
1: too, won't it? Mm-hmm. Like turn them a little like that weird color. I think so. Same with like I think too much tomato juice. I, I can't remember what mm-hmm. it is in certain things that'll do I'm that, really but... happy you covered yeah.
2: that because that's always been a little nugget in the It back was of my
1: on head. my it was somebody sent it to me a long time ago and mm-hmm. then I completely forgot about it. Uh
0: huh trying to find a picture of her when she's blue what oh.
1: was the Stephen minio
2: oh good god
1: reminded me oh no yeah that's her when she started turning on, blue put that closer to my eyes because i am blind no yeah mm-hmm yeah, She's blue. No,
2: yeah, that's uh, that's a blood toxicity, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that did that to you. And this yeah. was like,
0: looks like right when she was just starting to turn blue, she's just looking kind of gray, uh huh, slightly gray, yeah, but still
1: sallow somehow.
2: That's not how your skin should look. No, no, no,
1: well, there is, there was a family called the Blue Fugates uh, that had a very weird
2: blood disor- it's genetic, a genetic thing well, yeah. where
1: they were blue like that yeah. all the time.
2: I mean, yeah. argument still stands. But That's not you how should... your skin no. should look. Typically,
1: <laughs> before, no. typically I mean, no. look at her. She just looks like a pretty little
0: hippie chick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, and,
2: I totally buy that that person is an alcoholic though.
0: Yeah. And then I saw, um, yeah, and this is when they were in Hawaii.
2: She started wearing those and...
0: little
1: bows on her head all the time. Oh. Were they, uh,
0: yeah, I don't know.
1: It's all upsetting and unfortunate and weird. Yeah. It so is. It's such a watching, bizarre story. It's such a bizarre story. And yeah. I watched some of the
0: videos from Dr. Phil and it's like, this woman's fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, she's insane.
1: Unwell. She's, she's insane. Very and she unwell. was never going to find help because she surrounded herself with other people that enabled her to be... Unwell.
2: Other people who were in a way very disenfranchised with a lot of things.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. They were yeah.
2: Indoctrinated into that. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And so, um, yeah, the, the the oracles, Archaea Faith and Archaea Hope, young girls, mid twenties, early thirties. They're woke. They're woke. <sighs> they're so woke. So and most of the follower the male followers look like hacky sat playing hippie dudes.
2: Man buns. Crusty yeah. jeans.
0: Yeah. I'm going to guess part. a lot of white dreads. A lot of white dreads. Is... A lot of crusty hair. So, yeah. So, uh, my sources are Guru Magazine, B. Schofield. Washington Post, Marissa Latte. The Denver Post, Noelle Phillips. Marie Claire, Virginia Pelly, Rolling Stone, Christopher Moyer. Wiki and com, which is where I watch them videos.
1: Oh, Dr. Phil. I actually knew his son. Oh, for a while. Dr. Phil. Many, many years ago, yeah. Dr. Phil's son. His son was in a band with my friend. Oh, nice.
2: I'm going to throw this out there, not part of the fuck you club, just personally for me. Fuck you, Dr. Phil. Fine. That guy's a real piece of shit. He's, he's a, a real piece of shit. He's a yeah.
1: real turd. Yeah. yeah? Real turd, Ferguson. A real turd. Yes.
0: I'm trying to find, like, some pictures of some other members. Um, oh.
2: I will be right back.
0: Okay. Oh, here's Father God. Oh, please. Oh, boy. Let me see. In his mugshot. Oh. Yeah, yeah
2: that's what it is. That's it's about a, what you expect, right? That's
0: exactly what I thought. Oh, and here's the other members that got arrested that night. They all look
1: exactly like I expected them to. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. That makes sense. Wish you gone! Wish you gone! I too have a story. Yeah! Because Happy New Year, friends. Yeah. We did it. We did. We did it. We survived another year of absolute horseshit dickery. <laughs> another trip around the sun. So you know what that means. Horseshit dickery. Well, no. We survived. I survived it. So today, yes. I'm going to share the inspirational as fuck survival story. Yes! Of Julianne... Copkey, the girl who fell from the sky oh <laughs> Ooh, buckle
0: up oh boy yeah i like your new year's survival stories thank
1: you i love that thank you you know i love a theme i know you do and um, I, 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 I it always love feels that. right i love starting that starting off like another year of probably horrifying stories with something well horrifying in a different way
0: i saw on the Tiki talky the old uh 2023 death predictions oh no list no
1: i don't want it yeah i saw some and i'm like i don't 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 you put that on me ricky bobby right don't you don't you put that on me So
0: yeah we'll see (laughs) all right
1: here we go yeah yeah so Julianne Kopke was born in Lima, Peru, on October tenth, nineteen fifty four. Her parents were originally from Germany and had moved to Peru a few years before their only child was born to work for the Javier Prado National Museum of History. Mm-hmm. Uh, her parents was uh, they were Hans William, I'm sorry, Hans Wilhelm, mm-hmm. and Maria Kopke. They were scientists, mm, cool, uh, a zoologist, ornithologist, herpetologist. And ornithologist, respectively. (laughs)
0: Respectively, I'm stealing another Kit Kat.
1: Do it. Um, they're good. I know they're good when you have another one. They are, and I'm also starving. (laughs) So, Uh, but yes, Maria was an ornithologist, and Hans Wilhelm was a lot of
0: a lot of scientists. A lot.
1: He was a lot of scientists in one. Got it. He was a whole science. He's all the science. He's all the science. Korean. Um, probably. Cool. So they moved to Peru. Uh, they also managed the Casa Humboldt Visitor Center until 1967. Growing up, Julianne was surrounded by nature and animals and even had a tame, white-throated toucan. Ooh! Just chillin'. There is a very cute picture of her when she's, like, probably five, maybe six, holding this toucan. Aw. And just, it great. Growing up in the jungle. Yeah. With her parents. Um, in 1968, the Kopkes packed up and made their way to Pacalpa, which is a remote part of the Amazon rainforest, where Hans Wilhelm and Maria eventually opened up their own research center, uh, Panguana, mm-hmm. where they focused on researching the biodiversity of the flora and fauna of the lowland rainforest. Okay. Um... I'm telling a survival story because we survived another year of horseshit dickery. Also worth noting that mm-hmm. in the 70s, Hans Wilhelm Kopke was incredibly vocal about conserving the rainforest and even lobbied the government to protect the rainforest from colonization, hunting, and clearing. Ooh. Which, if you know anything about the Amazon, super important work. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Real important. So huge fucking props to all HW for that early right? work. You
0: know, air's good.
1: You know, stuff living is nice. Yeah, most of the time. Mm. So anyway, he was like, "Hey guys, maybe let's uh, protect it." Yes, let's do that, which is great. Big fan of the old HW for that. Uh, for the next year and a half, after they moved to Penguana. Julianne was homeschooled by her parents and frequently went out into the jungle with them while they explored and did their research. Her father also taught her some basic survival techniques, which, unfortunately and thankfully, she would have to rely on in the future. Oh, boy. Uh, In a 2021 interview with The New York Times, Julianne shared that, I grew up knowing that nothing is really safe, not even the solid ground I walked on. The memories have helped me again and again to keep a cool head, even in difficult situations. And that I, um, I had spent a year and a half with my parents on their research station only 30 miles away. I learned a lot about life in the rainforest, that it wasn't too dangerous. It's not the green hell that the world always thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, While well, the Koppies were totally fine with living like the wild thornberries. Mm-hmm. Peruvian educational authorities eventually stepped in and Julianne was required to go back to the Lima-based German international school Deutsche Schule Alexander von Humboldt. Wow. To take her exams. Okay. Yeah, because she did want to go on to college after high school and, she, you know, she had to take these exams. So, she yeah. was like, okay. fine. Alright, uh, Lima. I'll go to school. Lima is many hours away. Ooh, yeah. From where Penguana Research Station was. I want to say it's like almost 14 hours. Mm-hmm. If you're driving, which Oof. I don't think you can. Right,
0: that's I a lot. don't think
1: you can drive all of it. You have to drive and plane and so, you know. Right, she was right. far away from home at this point. Um, so she goes back to school and in December of 1971, Maria had been in Lima on business and and wanted to return home to Pacalpa around the 19th or 20th. But 17-year-old Julianne wanted to stay um, and wait until after her graduation and ball, like a prom, mm-hmm. on the 23rd of December.
0: Okay.
1: So Maria relented, and the pair stayed in Lima until Christmas Eve. All flights leaving Lima on the 24th were sold out, except for one. Uh Linneas Herreras Nacionales Sociedad Anonima, a.k.a. Lanza Airlines, Flight 508.
0: Okay. That was a mouthful. Good for you.
1: Truly, thank you. I tried. Probably wasn't great, but I did try. Uh, The Peruvian airline was less than a decade old at the time, but had already managed to earn a terrible reputation after two fatal crashes in previous years, totaling 150 deaths. Oh, no. And at least two of those, they weren't even on the airplane. They were on the ground.
0: Wow. Yeah. So they're just really bad at their jobs.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Yeah. Real bad. But I will tell you all about that in a while. So... Hans Wilhelm told his wife not to trust the airline because of this. Right. Pleading for his family to, quote unquote, please fly with anyone else. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) But since the flight was only about an hour total, uh, she and her daughter decided to purchase the tickets anyway. In an interview with CNN... In 2009, Julianne said, We knew the airline had a bad reputation, but we desperately wanted to be with my father for Christmas, so we figured it would be all right.
0: Well, I'm going to go out on a ledge and say, it's not. Correct.
1: Uh, Just before noon on Christmas Eve, 86 passengers boarded the Lockheed L-188 Electra, which would be making its first stop in Pucallpa, before continuing to its final destination of Iquitos. Okay. The flight began its journey, and all seemed well for a little while. Julianne and her mother were seated in the second-to-last row of the plane, uh, row nineteen. Mm-hmm. And she was sitting at the window. Her mom was in the middle, and the, she specifically pointed out that there was a rather large man at the end of the aisle in the aisle, or at the end of the row mm-hmm. in the aisle seat, who almost immediately fell asleep as soon as getting on the plane. Oh, geez. So gone to the plane everything was okay seated in row 19 next to last sure seats on this plane just a little plane julianne said that she took the window seat because i used to love sitting next to the window and looking outside my mother didn't care so much
2: Mm mm-hmm
1: So about 30 to 40 minutes into the flight, the plane had reached an altitude of around 21,000 feet and the four flight attendants began serving sandwiches to the passengers. Mm -hmm. At this point, there were maybe 20 minutes left before the pilots would begin their descent to Pucallpa. But that was when things, as they always do on this podcast, (laughs) got worse. Uh, They'd been flying through a storm and had experienced some turbulence before this. But I'm going to let Julianne describe what happened next using her own words from a 2012 BBC article. Oh, boy. (sighs) Hit me. It was Christmas Eve, 1971, and everyone was eager to get home. We were angry because the plane was seven hours late. Oh, God. Suddenly, we entered into a very heavy, dark cloud. My mother was anxious, but I was okay. I liked flying. Ten minutes later, it was obvious that something was very wrong. Oh, God. There was very heavy turbulence, and the plane was jumping up and down. Parcels and luggage were falling from the locker. There were gifts, flowers, and Christmas cakes flying around the cabin. When we saw lightning around the plane, I was scared. My mother and I held hands, but we were unable to speak. Other passengers began to cry and weep and scream. After about ten minutes, I saw a very bright light on the outer engine on the left. My mother said very calmly, This is the end. It's all over. Those were the last words I ever heard from her.
0: Oh, God.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lightning had struck the plane, causing the fuel tank to ignite, which in turn caused the right wing to catch fire. Oh, Jesus Christ. Despite the pilot's best efforts to course-correct the plummeting aircraft, the plane itself had started breaking apart mid-air with later reports stating that it had effectively disintegrated. (laughs) Julianne continued, writing, The plane jumped down and went into a nosedive. It was pitch black and people were screaming. Then the deep roaring of the engines filled my head completely. Suddenly, the noise stopped, and I was outside the plane. (laughs) This
2: sounds like a nightmare. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Uh, I was in a free fall, strapped to my seat bench and hanging head over heels. The whispering of the wind was the only noise I could hear. I felt completely alone. (laughs) I could see the canopy of the jungle spinning towards me. Then I lost consciousness and remember nothing of the impact.
0: Thank God.
1: She was also quoted in an article from All That's Interesting as saying, The next thing I knew, I was no longer inside the cabin. I was outside in the open air. I hadn't left the plane, the plane had left me.
0: Uh. Fucking goo. Yeah. Absolutely not.
1: Uh, In a 2010 interview with Vice, she elaborated on that moment, sharing, I heard the incredibly loud motor and people screaming, and then the plane fell extremely steeply. And then it was calm. Incredibly calm compared with the noise before that. I could only hear the wind in my ears. I was still attached to my seat. "'My mother and the man sitting by the aisle had both been propelled out of their seats. "'I was free-falling, that's what I registered for sure. "'I was in a tailspin. I saw the forest beneath me. "'Like green cauliflower, like broccoli, is how I described it later on. "'Then I lost consciousness and regained it only way later the next day. "'I wasn't scared. I didn't have time for that. "'Even while I was falling, I wasn't afraid.' I just realized that the seatbelt was putting pressure on my stomach and my head was upside down, but that's about it. It was probably only fractions of a second. Or maybe I blocked it out. Either way, I don't remember it. Woof. That <laughs> So the next morning around 9 a.m., which she only knew because her watch was still working. Okay. Um Julianne regained consciousness. Miraculously, she had survived being sucked out of an airplane. And free falling two miles, (gasps) AKA 10,000 feet, into the jungle.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: Now, human bodies aren't meant to survive falls of around 50 feet. Right. So the fact that Julianne had survived a fall about 200 times that was again a miracle. Mm -hmm. Uh, She would later go on to say that I was definitely strapped in it, the Mm -hmm. seat. When I fell, it must have turned and buffered the crash, otherwise I wouldn't have survived. Maybe it was the fact that I was still attached to a whole row of seats. It was rotating much like the helicopter, and that might have slowed the fall. Also, the place I landed had very thick foliage, and that might have lessened the impact. So with these reasons, and the empty seat she was attached to effectively acting as a parachute, Julianne not only survived the crash, she managed to escape with minimal injuries. Jesus. And because of the storm, there was also, like, an upwind. Mm -hmm. So they think that kind of gravity helped because she was coming down, but the wind was still kind of pushing up against her. Interesting. And then those extra seats, because she was overturned, kind Mm -hmm. of acted like an air pocket parachute, kind of. Right, right. And then the area of the forest where she landed was super thick and dense with trees and vines and stuff like that. So kind of...
0: Yeah, just... Whoa.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That. Uh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Now, minimal injuries. Mm-hmm. After falling 10,000 feet out of the sky. Mm-hmm. That's not to say she didn't have any injuries, because that would absolutely be mm-hmm. unheard of and bananas, and it's right. already right nuts. All told, and a lot of these injuries she did, wouldn't know about until later. Mm-hmm. Uh, But all told, she suffered from a concussion. Fair. Yeah. A broken collarbone. Fair. A torn ACL. Okay. Partially fractured shin. A strained vertebrae in her neck. Oof. A deep cut on her calf and a small wound on her arm. Okay. Uh, According to Julianne, the gash on her leg, although deep, didn't bleed, which was something she attributed to being in shock. Mm-hmm. which is apparently a thing that can happen, and I did not know that. Huh. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I guess if you're in shock, then you might not bleed. But she said that the gash looked like a canyon. Oof. Like That's a thing, too. Sometimes she when was cuts are so deep. deep, it takes them a little
0: longer to bleed, and I don't yeah. know why, but it does. I don't know.
1: And So she was like, it was shock. I'm like, you're a doctor, so mm-hmm. I'll take your word for it. Right? I don't need to experience this. I just trust you.
0: Right? Ma'am, yeah, no, thanks.
1: Um She was also incredibly nearsighted and had lost her glasses mm-hmm. during the mm-hmm. crash. And one of her eyes was nearly swollen shut, I'm assuming Oof. from force some kind of anything. Anything. Maybe something got in there during That's the fall in the wind cuz yep. she didn't have her glasses on anymore debris in there could have been hit by something but her other eye was also partially swollen Mm. um and so she was pretty much working with one not so great eye yikes yeah don't love that for her Uh -uh. um she wouldn't like i said she wouldn't know about the majority of these injuries until much later uh, but believes that she was able to walk on her jacked up legs due to the adrenaline of surviving a goddamn Absolutely, plane crash. Yeah. Right?
2: yeah.
1: Um, she did know that her collarbone was broken. Um, she th- looked and it's- touched it, and she said it wasn't like the bone wasn't through the skin. Right, but so it wasn't a compound. You could definitely, she was like, "It's. it's that's broken. not how yeah. that's supposed to look or feel. Gross. Yeah, it's like definitely jutting, but not completely through the skin. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That's the least gross thing, right? That I'm going to tell you about. Oh boy. Yeah, you should be prepared. Um. The
2: words of Jeremy Irons. Be prepared.
1: prepared. I'll tell you when it. I'll tell you. You'll know. You'll know. I'll, in fact, tell you somebody. Somebody to skip because they might not be able to handle it. So. Oh god, damn. Yeah, it's gross. Um. Yeah. Yuck. In the Vice article that she was interviewed for, she shared that I couldn't really feel anything. It was like being wrapped in cotton balls. With a lot of effort, I could only get up on my knees. Then everything turned black again. I couldn't see very well with one eye, and I only found out later that the crash and... Uh, the difference in pressure inside and outside of the plane made the capillaries in my eyes pop.
2: Oh, yeah. That's why the
1: whites of my eyes were blood red. I probably looked like a zombie from a movie. I couldn't feel it, though. I wasn't in any pain, and my head didn't hurt either. Oh, God. Uh, The first day or so, the heavily concussed Julianne was in and out of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. At one point, she said that she must have removed her seat belt because when she came to, she had scooted underneath the overturned row of seats in order to get out of the rain. Um, keep in mind that she was wearing a, and this is how she described it, short sleeveless mini dress and white sandals. Because it was 1971. Right. In yeah. Peru. hmm Warm during the day. hmm Definitely not at night when you're in the jungle. Mm-mm. So, yes, a short sleeveless mini dress and white sandals, one of which was lost during the fall. Oof. Uh, She called out for her mother. No response. After a day and a half of slipping in and out of consciousness, Julianne remembered telling herself, I just have to get up. And so she did. She began walking through the jungle, sometimes tossing her single shoe in front of her to test the ground in front of her for any hidden snakes. Sometimes just kind of like... Fucking smart. Uh-huh. Also, kind of just like having the shoe on and like feeling around, uh-huh. just to make sure the ground is actually the ground. Um, and she was hoping to find her mother, uh-huh. but after a day of looking, she realized she was alone. Ooh, yeah. Um, thankfully, though, she did have a, a little background in uh, yeah the jungle, so that's good. Eventually, she found a small creek. It started out as like just she saw a little trickle of water Mm -hmm. on the ground. And she's like, okay. Which eventually turned into a small creek because she had remembered a lesson from her father. Which he said, if you get lost in the jungle and you find water, you should follow it. Mm -hmm. A small stream will flow into a bigger one and then into a bigger one and an even bigger one. And finally, you'll run into hell. Mm -hmm. And with that, 17-year-old Julianne waded into the water and quite literally went with the flow. Uh, You might be thinking, holy shit, but what about the things that live in the water? water?" water. Which you're quite right to worry. Uh, The rivers in the area are home to such creatures as devil rays, stingrays, R.I.P. Steve Irwin, uh, piranha, Mm. caiman, and crocodiles. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, sometimes I would see a crocodile on the bank and it would start into the water towards me, but I was not afraid. I knew crocodiles don't tend to attack humans, she said. Oh. Yeah, uh,
0: she was... Pretty fucking brave. Braver than I'd be.
1: Uh, hell yeah. She was far more afraid of the snakes that she couldn't see on land. Yeah. And uh, also the stingrays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she had she had methods I will talk about that later. But she was like, mm, if I can't see the snakes, I don't love that. At least if I'm in the water, I can see the gators. Yeah, the, gators. the rays, I think
0: you're supposed to shuffle your feet. Shuffle your of... feet, get a stick, yeah.
1: poke around. Kind of the same thing with a snake. Right, yeah. Just make movement, yeah. and hopefully they fuck off. Um, so, she was like, mm, being in water is probably the safest option. Jesus Christ. She spent most of the days wading or swimming in the water, But despite being exhausted from literally everything. All of it. That had just happened. something. uh, She spent most nights awake in agony from the various insect bites covering her body. Yep.
2: Yep. Yep, yep. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: After four days on her own, Julianne came across some wreckage from the plane. Oh. Saying, I found a row of seats drilled into the ground. Oh, shit. The impact must have been so hard that it drilled itself three feet deep deep into the ground. Holy shit. The three people strapped into those seats must have been killed right away. That was an ugly moment. Ooh, I bet that was bad. She had already assumed that there were dead bodies nearby after recognizing both the call and sound of a King Vulture landing, mm-hmm. uh, which was something she'd heard while back at Penguana. She said that, I was afraid because I knew they only land when there's a lot of carrion, and I knew it was bodies from the crash. hmm She approached the row of seats, thinking that her mother may have been one of the bodies, but, she said, when I touched the corpse with a stick, I saw that the woman's toenails were painted. My mother never polished her nails. Mm. Um, And she did say that she felt relief, but Mm. then incredible guilt for thinking that. Mm. Because she's like, well, thank God it's not my mom.
2: But then she felt,
1: because she's like, my mom didn't polish her nails, so that's not my mom, thank God. But then she felt really bad for thinking that yeah uh at the site of the crash she found a bag of candy which would be her only source of food for the duration of her time in the jungle in the documentary um that i will talk about later she mentioned that she'd found an unwrapped christmas cake which i'm assuming is probably like a fruit cake sure uh but when she took a bite out of it it was soaked in mud So she left it there.
2: Gross!
1: Something she would later admit to Uh, regretting—not taking it with her. The muddy Mm -hmm. cake. The mud cake, because she had one bag of candy. Yikes! To last her for who knows how long. Right. I mean, I know, and I'll tell you, but she didn't. (laughs) She didn't know. She didn't know at the time how long she would need that. Um, overhead rescue planes searched for the wreckage and any potential survivors from Lanza Flight 508, but the trees were so dense that she couldn't see them. And in turn, they couldn't see her. Right. She could hear them. Oh, God. Uh, By this time, her watch had stopped working, so she had to rely on on the sun and her memory to track the passage of time. At night, she would find what she called a reasonably safe spot, along the riverbanks to sleep, or try to, anyway.
0: Right. Oh, God, I don't know how you do. Uh,
1: probably not well or much. Mm-hmm. Um, once the sun was out, she'd get back into the water and start downstream again. Uh, she would often swim out in the center of the river, recalling that most creatures, like stingrays and piranha, tended to stick to shallower waters. Okay. That's why when she would be walking... Uh, Along the the banks, she would have, um, because sometimes she wouldn't just Uh all day swim in the middle of this water. Sometimes she would walk along the banks to get a little reprieve from being waterlogged. Right. Uh, But she had found like a stick Stick. and stuff like that. And so, but most of the time she did. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, So again, she would stick to shallower, or those creatures stuck to shallower water. So most of the time out in the middle of the water right. swimming still would see that's when she would see uh, crocodiles oh, come in the water mm-hmm. but miraculously they never bothered her but again she was like they don't really attack humans so that's good
0: good except that I mean if they're hungry enough I assume they would what's the difference between attacking a human or a small animal I mean or a deer or I don't know
1: you'd have to ask a crocodile and yeah, I don't know if they'll right? be truthful mm-hmm. <laughs> can't explain myself i don't know
0: i feel like they wouldn't be
1: no no i don't know seem shifty to me shifty as fuck (laughs) they're sus truly um so one afternoon while swimming she felt a sharp pain in her upper back oh i don't like that she went to touch the spot and saw that she was bleeding but it wasn't caused by some aquatic beast attacking her. What is it? It was from the fucking sun burning her while she swam. Oh God! Yeah, she'd later find out that she'd sustained second-degree burns from that. Oh, oh my fuck. God! Like she got burnt enough to the point that it made her bleed. Oh my While God. she was swimming. <sighs> yeah, it's not. Gr- I mean, the one time I've had a very, very terrible sunburn. I was in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. and so you're sitting with your back to the sun while you're in water, which is how I got sunburned. Just reflecting, yeah, it's terrible. Thank God mine wasn't that bad. But that is the time that I told my host mother yep. Soy and en Fuego because uh, I forgot how to say sunburn, and she laughed at <laughs> yeah. me, which she was right to. Soy en Fuego. Yeah, she was quite right to <laughs> laugh at me. It's mm-hmm. really funny. It is really funny. I was like, what the fucking word for sunburn? I don't know. Soy and fuego, and she just was like, "Here, this is some medicine. Like, Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, second degree burns from wow. constantly being
2: pummeled by the sun. Pummeled
1: by the sun. Yeah. Um. So you know, spending the days mostly in water and nights huddled in the freezing cold rainforest, all alone. She Jesus. said that at first she was angry that no one was looking for her anymore, but that anger pretty quickly turned into fear.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. you see, she had heard the planes and then they had stopped. And so she was angry because she was like, she didn't know what was going on. She's like, did they find everybody and just leave me out here? Right. Did they give up? What's going on? So she's pissed and then she gets scared because mm-hmm. she has plenty of water to drink. But her candy was long gone, and she knew that she needed to eat something, and soon.
2: Very soon, yeah.
1: Uh, But she would later say that she wasn't ever really that hungry, because she had access to so much fresh water, Uh that she was constantly drinking, but she knew that she really needed to eat something, because she was not doing so good. Right. Not doing so good. And if you're wondering why she didn't just naked and afraid it and start eating random fruits growing nearby, she would write... Uh, Since it's the rainy season, there's barely any fruit to pick, and I've sucked on my last candy. I don't have a knife to use to hack palm hearts out of the stems of the palm trees, nor can I catch fish or cook roots. I don't dare eat anything else. Much of what grows in the jungle is poisonous, so I keep my hands off what I don't recognize. If she could have, she would have friends. Any hoops. Lack of food wasn't the only problem Julianne was facing. While trekking through the wilderness, she started thinking about how strange it was to see animals like brocket deer and monkeys, because in populated areas, you wouldn't, because they normally avoid humans. They also had no fear of her, which made her think that their lack of reaction was because they had no idea what humans were. Oh, no. That made me think, but then I blocked those thoughts out of there possibly not being any help out there, she told Vice. She also noticed quite a few fallen trees in the water, which typically meant there weren't people traveling this part of the river. Mm-hmm. Julianne would only later discover that the area she was in was indeed uninhabited by man. God. And while she had figured that out on her own, she again quickly put it out of her mind. Because Jesus Christ, can you even fucking imagine the hopelessness? No. If you let yourself think about that for too long. Yeah, no. No. She had to forget what she knew about that and focus solely on finding help, even though her surroundings were telling her that wasn't going to happen. Uh-uh. She began hallucinating visions of houses and the sounds of chickens. Oh, chickens. And dreaming about food, both simple treats and elaborate feasts.
2: This is so rough. <laughs> yeah! Right. This is incredibly harrowing.
1: I know! So, yeah, just hallucinating about Jesus. food all this if it was a cartoon she would be seeing a giant
0: dancing cake roast
1: chicken mm-hmm. an alligator would swim into the water and turn into like a turkey leg i don't mm-hmm. know crocodile not alligator anyway she was exhausted and hopeless mm, i can't even imagine until about the 5th or 6th day in the jungle cuz she didn't have her watch anymore Six days. so she couldn't be quite sure if it was day five or day six, because she heard the call of the Watson bird. She knew their call from her time at Panguana, and thanks to her ornithologist, a.k.a. bird specialist mother, Maria, she knew that they nested exclusively near open stretches of water where people settle, she would write later on. Also, just have to read you the description of the Watson, because it's... Amazing. Uh, Large, dumpy bird found around lake edges and slow-moving streams. Head looks too small for its large brown body. Its orange mohawk, blue facial skin, and stubby bill make this bird extremely distinctive. Usually found in groups or pairs, moves clumsily around waterside vegetation, making loud huffing noises. What's it called again? Watson. It's H-O-A-T-Z-I-N.
0: I love that it's a dumpy bird.
1: It's a dumpy bird.
2: <laughs> uh, that's great.
1: Yeah. Uh, it looks
2: like uh, it looks like the giant bird from up.
1: Kind of. Let me see. These brightly colored chicken sized nerds are also known as stink birds. Ooh. But since this is not a podcast about birds, no matter how hilarious or weird, I'm going to continue on. Yeah. But yeah, they are called stink birds. Look it up and find out why. It's real weird. Oh, um, so Julianne was stoked to hear the call of the Watson and with her renewed outlook she soldiered on unfortunately she was disappointed when she came to the bank of a large river and found not one single sign of humanity but she wasn't deterred for long she'd heard the Watson and that meant civilization had to be some damn where relatively close by uh, this riverbank was pretty densely overgrown, so she carefully made her way back into the water, something that she found increasingly difficult to force herself to do. By the tenth day oh, God. of searching for literally any other living human person, Julianne is drifting in the water, weak, starving, and exhausted. In the BBC article, she wrote that by the 10th day, I couldn't stand properly, and I drifted along the edge of a larger river I had found. I felt so lonely, like I was in a parallel universe far away from any human being. Uh, She once again elaborated on that moment in the Vice interview, saying I was very weak. It was early afternoon on the 10th day. I couldn't go on, so I let myself sink into this riverbank and doze off. I, th- I thought to myself, I had to find a place to sleep now that the sunlight was slanted. My watch had stopped working and I had to pay attention to the sun. I always looked for a place that was an even ground, a little bluff or slope or possibly a thick tree, so nothing could come up to me from the back. But then I sat Smart up. girl. But then I sat up and I saw this boat just sitting there. Oh my God. I thought I was hallucinating at first, that I'm I was chills. starting to lose my mind. I stared at the boat and moved toward it slowly. I couldn't move fast because I was so weak. Then I touched it. It was a real boat with an external motor, not like a tree with uh, paddles or something. I saw a little path close by leading into the forest. I took it and tried to crawl uphill. It was very hard because I was so weak. I could barely make it up there. It took me ages to climb this hill. Oof. That's right, Julianne found the first signs of human life after spending ten harrowing fucking days alone in the wilderness.
0: Jesus, not just the wilderness, the jungle that wants to kill Literally. you.
1: Literally, uh, she followed this small path. And by the way, when I say path, it's
2: a small dirt trail.
1: No, it's like oh, a big old like a
2: seventy degree angle
1: in yeah, like Woof. there's. There's a path, but, uh, she, she wasn't easy to get up. Um, and, you know, especially after 10 days. Right. Of Have no food. Just literally water. sucking candies for a few of those days. Yeah. And all of the water.
2: God, I she fucking hates candy now.
1: <laughs> um, so it took her hours to get up that hill. Oh boy. um. But she followed the path and found a little hut with a palm leaf roof. Uh, she'd hoped to encounter someone, anyone, but no one came that day. She decided to rest under the shelter of the hut and wait for someone to return. And in the meantime, she decided it was time to administer a little jungle first aid to the very infected wound on her arm. Oh God! If you're squeamish about bugs... Oh, no. In any way, shape, or form.
2: Oh, no. I'm going to
1: need you to skip ahead about a minute. Uh, Can I skip ahead? Nope.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If you want to step out, I'll stay in here and and take it. I'm into it.
1: Now, in the hut, Julianne had found a barrel of fuel, gasoline, presumably for the boat she'd discovered down the hill. Why am I bringing this up and telling folks to skip ahead if they don't like bugs? Well, According to Julianne, I had a cut on my arm, and after a few days, I could feel there was something in it. I took took a look, and a fly had laid her eggs in the hole. It was full of maggots. I was afraid I would lose my arm. Her dog had suffered from a similar injury back home, possibly from the same type of fly, and she remembered how her father had treated it. So... She took the small tube she'd found, sucked some fuel out of the canister, and poured it onto the wound. <laughs>
2: We're still talking about it. Skip still, ahead, More. We're still talking
1: about it. Um <sighs> she wrote that the pain was intense as the maggots tried to get further into the wound. <gasps> oh no. That's not the worst. Oh, that's, that's not so the worst rough. part. That's not the worst part. The worst part is when she said, I pulled out about 30 maggots and was very proud of myself. No! Yeah. Yeah. After the abject horror and agonizing pain of the maggot removal, she decided to take the tarp from the hut and go back near the river where the ground was softer and more suitable for sleeping. Welcome back, skippers. I think I just... Good I think I disassociated. It's fair. It's I, f- I just shut my eyes and put my head into my microphone. It's fair. Uh, so the next morning, she woke up and headed back to the hut to get out of the rain, which had driven out quite a few frogs. Don't get too excited, though. She was too slow to catch any of them. Uh-huh. In addition to that... Wouldn't have been a great idea to touch, let alone eat, any of the amphibians. Absolutely not. they were highly toxic poisonous dart frogs.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. She, she was like, I wanted to eat something so bad, but... Not those. Too slow to catch them, and um, they were poisonous dart I frogs. I would have
2: tripped balls and then died.
1: Yeah. And could you imagine, after everything you'd been through...
2: Dying from a fucking Dying frog? from
1: trying to eat a poisonous dart frog? Nah, No, thank you. So she, but again, she was like, mm, never mind. Right. I'll, I can wait, I think. Right. Once the rain had stopped, she decided that she'd stayed near the hut overnight again, hoping for someone to come back to the hut. Maybe for some, please, for some godforsaken reason, literally mm-hmm. anyone, please come back and find me. Shortly after making the decision to stick around for another night, she heard voices. Only this time, they weren't hallucinations. They were very real and belonged to a trio of Peruvian loggers, which Julianne described as like hearing the voices of angels. (laughs) After 11 days alone in the jungle, Julianne was finally rescued. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know.
2: Good God.
1: 11 days. Uh, the men were initially shocked at the sight of this strange girl and would later tell her that they thought she was a water spirit known as a Yamanja, uh, who she described as, uh, quote unquote, a figure from local legend who is a hybrid of a water dolphin and a blonde white skinned woman. I'm assuming she meant river dolphin mm-hmm. because, yeah, water dolphin. But, you know, yes. Freshwater. also it could have been a translation issue because she does speak German. Yeah. Um. Thankfully, Julianne was also fluent in Spanish. And I was... bet if she lives there. Exactly. And she was able to tell the men that she had survived the Lonza Flight 508 crash, which they had heard about on their radio. They tended to her wounds as best they could in the hut with a little more gasoline. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, they gave her some food. And the next morning, they all got into the boat and went to the nearest town where a pilot eventually uh, volunteered to fly her to Pacalpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, this town was at least, it was I can't remember, some articles say it was like seven hours, some say it was more like 10 to 11 hours by boat mm-hmm. to get her there. Oof. Yeah, but they got there, they found a missionary who was also a pilot, and she was like, I can fly you to Pacalpa to mm-hmm. the hospital, which I'm sure she was not stoked about getting back in an airplane I bet not. Mm. Uh, but the flight was only 15 minutes. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Once there, she was immediately taken to a local hospital where she was reunited with her father. Aww. Yes. And because I Mama didn't make it. I will get there. But she, I didn't write the quote down directly because I'm like, that might, might make me cry. Uh, but she said that when she and her father were reunited, they just. Didn't even speak. They couldn't say any words. They just held each other. I was like, oh my god, this is so sad. Um, yeah, he's but assuming she's dead. Two weeks, um, almost. Yeah. Assuming. That your child's dead. That his wife and daughter are both dead or missing. Yeah. Having nothing to go off of. Nothing. So, I can imagine, mm-hmm. like, the sheer. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that's got to be wild. Right? Oh, and again, skip ahead, bug creeps. Skip ahead. How long? Just about 30 seconds. Okay, I'm watching. Because when she got to the hospital, I'm so sorry to do this to you. She had an additional 50 maggots extracted (laughs) from her arm. (laughs)
2: 50.
1: (laughs) 50. Jesus Christ. That's almost a total of 100 one is too many. And the wound wasn't even that big. I think she said it was what? like the size of a euro. I'm shocked don't
2: they, she didn't lose her hand. Don't
1: they also oh. d- out the infection, though?
2: Keep going, keep going, keep skipping. Sure that Skip used, 30 more.
0: They used, uh, don't you remember in the movie Gladiator, when they would put the maggots in the wound? And well, like, it was also know
1: Gladiator know. times, so I don't know if it actually worked. Okay,
2: also... I'm not going to trust a Ridley Scott movie (laughs) for medical attention. (laughs) For factual. For factual medical advice. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I don't know about that. I mean, it could be something that they did to, well, it's like doing cocaine because you got ghosts in your blood. I mean, it may, may have worked. Maggot therapy. I don't want it.
0: Maggot should not be regarded as a cure for all types of wounds, but by removing dead tissue and any associated bacteria in most instances- Instances they will improve the condition of a wound and allow the process of healing to begin.
1: I don't want
2: I, it. Uh, I'm
1: still going to say no thanks.
2: I'm also going to say no thanks.
1: I'm also I'm going to say no thanks. And I'm, I'm going no to say maybe it probably didn't make anything much better. Maybe kept some infection away. But that's too fucking many.
2: It's certainly not ideal.
1: Not remotely. No thanks. That's too many.
2: I'm sorry if you did not skip far ahead enough and caught.
1: Apologies, but at least you didn't get the worst. Oh my
2: god, the other bits were so much worse.
1: When I tell you, I mean the first time I heard this story,
0: I my head just stopped itching
1: exactly. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't like it. But so that happened. Mm-hmm. And it's safe now. Um, while she was in the hospital, she developed a fever of 104 degrees. Yeah, believe yeah that. checks out. And then her leg started to swell uh-huh. because of the torn ACL that she had been walking and swimming yeah. on for 11 days. And she also had a partially fractured shin. I'm not sure if they're the same leg. And then let's not forget the broken collarbone and the broken collarbone. So her body was like, "What the fuck?"
0: Coming
2: out of shock, dude. Yeah,
1: yeah. So in the hospital, recovering. After recovering, Julianne went back to the site of the crash with authorities in order to help them find the rest of the passengers. Wow. wow. Yeah.
2: This lady's a fucking badass. 17
1: 17 years old. old. (laughs) Holy shit. She's 17. I wasn't
2: here for that part of it. No, she is
1: only 17. She had just graduated high school the night before the crash happened.
2: Wow. Happy grad night.
1: Yeah. Good God. Her mom was in Lima where her school was at the time, and she wanted to go home like the 18th or 19th, but- julianne the girl wanted to wait because she wanted to attend her graduation and the following basically what was Ugh. the same as a prom and so the I
2: cannot even imagine the, the only from it too. the
1: only flight that had seats available was this flight and i think you missed it when i said the airline lanza was less than a decade old uh-huh. And they had a shitty reputation already because they'd had two fatal crashes
2: oh, already God. in
1: less than ten years, killing hundred and fifty people. <laughs> and so, Julianne's father was like, "Please find any other airline," and they couldn't. So, and they really wanted to be with him on Christmas. So,
2: God, that's so fucking sad.
1: Yeah, it gets worse.
2: <laughs> good. Let's press. I on. mean,
1: I mean, not nothing else terrible happens. Okay. It's the airline itself. Right, right, right. (laughs) She's now safe. Yeah. She's now safe. (laughs) And she will stay safe, I promise. Okay. (laughs) I won't throw anything else out at you. But no, so she goes back into the jungle with the authorities to find the rest of the passengers. Unfortunately... Maria Kopke's body, along with 90 others, was found and identified on January 12th, 1972. Wow. Not all of them were identified. Right. Most of them, but not all of them. Um, out of the 92 people on board Flight 508, 91 died. Julianne Kopke was the only survivor.
0: Wow. Wow. Wow.
1: Um, when they identified my mother... Then it was real that I was the only survivor and that I had lost her. Huh. Um, years later, she would learn that at least 14 other passengers had initially survived the crash, but died days later due to their injuries while waiting for rescue that never came. Uh. Her mother was found to be one of those survivors. Uh. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, God, her mom survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many? Um, 91, you said? uh, No, in that instance, they believe at least 14 other passengers had survived, but but died died due to their injuries. Um, And they think her mom had survived for a few days after the crash, but they think that she was just um, too injured to move, and she couldn't speak because of her injuries. They're pretty sure, like, there's not there's no conclusive. This is her evidence. Yeah, that's Julianne.
2: Fucking A, dude. Yeah, and
1: she and her mom were like super super close. She looked a lot like her mom. So, it was a big big blow. Right. Um Julianne would say that she wasn't able to truly mourn the loss of her mother or process the grief and trauma of the incident until much later, as she was constantly being interviewed by the police, the Air Force, and eventually the media, Mm -hmm. adding that my father quickly sold the exclusive rights to the story to the German magazine Stern. They came out right away, and I had to give interviews to them. That was a massive distraction. Yeah, I bet. Uh, She became known as the Miracle Girl. And became a bit of a celebrity, which was something she wasn't used to or a fan of, saying, I couldn't take the sudden fame very well. I was famous overnight. Everybody knew about me. I received letters from all over the world, which was very touching. And some of those letters that she received were simply addressed to Julianne slash Peru. <laughs> but somehow they all found their way to her. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, just Julianne Peru, like in a cartoon. Julianne, got her. She got it. She got them all. Right. As for Lanza, things did not turn out so great. Oh, you don't say. Weird, I know. At the time of the crash, they only had the one plane. The one plane. Oh. Yeah. Meaning they were unable to conduct business after the incident. But it wouldn't have made a difference if they'd had a whole fleet of planes. Because their operating license was revoked by the Peruvian government... 11 days after (laughs) the crash, which is exactly how long Julianne was missing for. 11 days. Oh, Oh, wow. I think it's a coincidence. Oh, yeah. But But still. still. So, yeah, the Peruvian government's like, "Mm, absolutely not. No more. You are done. You're done. Bye-bye. We are done with you. Yeah. Uh, Authorities would later say that the crash was caused by, this is their official uh, saying, Intentional flight into hazardous weather conditions. Mm. Citing evidence that the pilots knew about the potentially dangerous conditions, but didn't cancel the flight due to pressures to make their scheduled flights for the holidays. Mm. Because they were under a lot of pressure to get those flights got. And uh, they shouldn't have. Right.
0: They they knew.
1: They knew that they should cancel. And they were like, we really got to... We really gotta. Right. And having the one plane makes me think that's probably why it was seven hours late. Yeah. yeah. It's to just the just going Lima back airport. Yeah. To wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, through some investigating, it was discovered that the mechanics employed by Lanza hadn't actually worked on planes before and had only worked on motorcycles <laughs> before that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh huh. In addition to that, Lanza's flight permit had been suspended previously in 1970 because of one of the other crashes. So they're like, oh, yeah, we've had our permit taken away before. But they had somehow they got a 90 day extension to keep operating. And then a year a year later after their license was reinstated was when this accident happened. God bless
0: it. That's just criminal negligence.
1: Truly. Um. And like I said, that wasn't all. It was later discovered that Lonza's only plane, a.k.a. the one that disintegrated Mm midair, had been, and this is a quote, assembled entirely from spare parts of other planes. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Julianne also shared that we only found out later that turboprop electro machines weren't designed for this kind of heavy turbulence. The wings are too stiff the bolt that hit the plane probably caused it to break up in midair because it definitely didn't explode. So those planes, not meant to fly in that kind of weather to begin with. Right. Also, random note, but the plane that Amelia Earhart went missing in was a similar Mm. plane. It's like the same, I think it's like a Lockheed something or other turboprop, and hers was a Lockheed Mm -hmm. something. I think a different model, but the same. Right. Yeah. Which I was like, interesting, interesting. Hmm. But not interesting enough to fully write it down. Just to remember it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Kind of. Uh, oh. And the pilots? Of Flight 508? Let me guess, they weren't pilots? Well!
2: Were they chimps? They
1: were (laughs) were chimps, weren't they? (laughs) That, I feel, would have been more forgivable. (laughs) Uh, But no, turns out, not licensed for commercial flights. Mm. Yeah. Figured. Figured. Yeah. Figured. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, That's great. Uh,
2: Spiders controlled by cats.
1: (laughs) Spiders controlled by cats?
2: Controlled by cats.
1: Absolutely not.
2: That's what they are. That's who the pilots are.
1: That is just a... No. (laughs) Just... Or cats
2: controlled by spiders, whatever you Either way. <laughs> I mean,
1: physically it makes more sense in my head that a spider would be controlling yeah, a cat. Yeah, it's, it's
2: ratatouille Exactly.
1: ratatouille um, Either way, only used for evil.
2: Or planktoning, whatever, how, depending uh-huh. on how old you are.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no good can come from
2: either, either yeah. situation uh-huh.
1: you've posed. Pure evil. Uh-huh. I hope spiders and cats never hear this episode. <laughs> lest, Maybe one day
2: in the future after we're all dead and gone.
1: Lest Randall give them any ideas. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, just not, not licensed. The planes were Frank and planed together uh-huh. from other planes. All terrible. Just a real shitstorm of a
2: shitstorm.
0: storm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Real bad. Um, and there's, there's another interesting little tidbit about this fateful flight, but I'm going to get there in just a minute. Um, and after less than a decade of operation, Lonza was officially out of business good. rightfully. Yeah. During their short existence, the airline had a total of 3 crashes that killed 241 people. Oh, good god. god. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh the search for flight 508 uh-huh. Julian Cocky was at the time the biggest search and rescue operation wow. in Peru. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. Three crashes, and I think one of them, one of them was in 1970, and then in 71, Ugh. and then I think the one before that was in 66. I believe. So a few months after the crash. Julianne returned to Lima and planned on attending school there for the next two years. And Mm -hmm. after that, she would take her entrance exams for her parents' alma mater, the University of Kiel in Germany. Unfortunately, the media hounding became pretty intense. And Hans Wilhelm, her dad, decided that it would be best for her to live with her aunt and grandmother in Germany ASAP.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
1: She was pretty pissed about the whole thing, saying, I was very angry. Panguana and my school were the only things left for me. It took about two years to accept it. But fortunately, I had a very nice school in Kiel in northern Germany and very nice friends. But with my father, it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. They, recon- they reconciled the rift between them when Hans Wilhelm returned to Germany a couple years later. Uh, Julianne studied biology at Kiel and graduated in 1980. From there, she studied for her doctorate at Ludwig Maximilian University. For her thesis, she chose to conduct research on bats. At the suggestion of her father, due to the area's quote-unquote abundance of bats, she returned to Panguana and spent the next 18 months researching and identifying 52 bat species for her thesis, which she eventually published in 1987. In 1989, she married Eric Diller— An entomologist specializing in parasitic wasps. Just a couple of nerds. Wow. (laughs) Just a fucking couple of nerds, and I love it. She's like, I really love bats. And he's awesome. I love wasps. Cool. Let's get married, (laughs) is how that happened in my head. That's really funny. Uh, Parasitic wasps. Parasitic wasps, specifically. Specifically, specifically. So, you know, that's adorable, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Uh, let's see, where did we go? Oh, wasps. Uh, after her father's death in 2000, she took over as the director of Panguana, which as of 2011 uh, was dedicated as a private conservation area mm-hmm. uh, spanning roughly four square miles. Okay. Um, Julianne Diller is now the librarian of the Bavarian State Collection of Zoology in Munich. Love that. And in 2011, she released her autobiography, When I Fell from the Sky, which won the Korean Literature Prize. Uh, In 1974, Julianne's story, or at least a very fictionalized version of it, was turned into a movie by Italian filmmaker Giuseppe Maria Scottesi. In the low budget flick, Julianne is played by British actress Susan Penhaligon. I don't know who she is. She's very beautiful. Sure. Um, of course, her story has also appeared on several TV programs and has been covered on various podcasts, but there's one more thing. Back to that interesting tidbit I just mentioned a couple minutes ago. In 1998, filmmaker Werner Herzog tracked Julianne down and asked if she would take part in the documentary he was creating about flight 508. Uh, He'd planned on making the documentary ever since the incident occurred, but why? As it turned out, Herzog had been in Peru at the time to scout locations for his movie, uh, Aguirre, Wrath of God. Sure. He was originally supposed to be on Flight 508. Oh, shit. Oh. But his reservation was canceled. Uh, He allegedly tried to bribe one of the gate agents with $20, but he was unable to get on the plane. Oh, yeah, boy. (laughs) So he was like, I need to make a movie about this. Mm -hmm. Especially after he, you know, heard Julianne's story. So Julianne agreed to be involved and returned to the crash site with Herzog and a film crew. Uh, In the 20 plus years between the accident and returning to the Peruvian jungle, Julianne was shockingly a little wary of long flights saying, long flights are difficult. I get so tense that even sleeping pills don't work. Red wine is always good, and a whiskey. Uh Mm-hmm. It probably didn't help that Herzog had her sit in the same seat number on the way to the jungle, 19F, but overall, Julianne described the experience as therapeutic. Okay. Uh, She even reunited with one of the three men that had rescued her. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Wings of Hope. Herzog's made for TV documentary was released in 2000 and for some reason it's not on any streaming sites though you can find it on YouTube in its entirety very good mm. uh, most of the wreckage if not all is still in the jungle oh wow oh, wow yeah, there's no real way to get it out
2: yeah yeah and at this point why yeah so oh, it's nature's just already taken exactly
1: over. so there is that after the incident Julianne received zero counseling and was plagued by nightmares and extreme survivor's guilt, sharing, nowadays, one would get that sort of help right away, but in the early 70s, things were different, and that wasn't even on people's minds. If I hadn't managed to deal with it, that would have been my problem. Of course, I had nightmares for a long time, for years, and of course, the grief about my mother's death and that of the other people came back again and again. The thought, why was I the only survivor?, Haunts me. It always will. Mm -hmm. Um, A memorial statue now sits outside near the Pucallpa Airport. It features three figures. One angel resting its head on part of the statue seemingly weeping. Another angel pointing to the sky with one hand while the other hand rests on the shoulder of a young woman whom I'm assuming represents Julianne. In the center of a monument or in the center of the monument is a map showing where the plane crashed and Julianne's path out of the jungle. Wow. Beneath the map, the phrase uh, Alas de Esperanza, a.k.a. Wings of Hope, is painted. Uh, A plaque that acts as a sort of eulogy for those lost, while also detailing the incident, can be found on the wall as well. And the monument itself acts as a mausoleum for over 60 people who perished in the crash.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: They're interred in the back of the monument. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you can see that um, in the documentary, near the beginning um, she's standing outside with Werner Herzog reading the um, mm-hmm. the plaque and talking about the statue and the people that are buried there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julianne has dedicated herself to preserving the rainforest that nearly took her life and travels from her home in Germany to Panguana with her husband a couple of times a year. Uh, a species of Peruvian lizard was named after her parents. Oh, wow. Uh, the Microlophis cop caroem mm. <laughs> and five species of birds were named after ornithologist maria kopke as for the survivor's guilt which is something she still deals with she said that i am making peace with my own past and that is the insanely harrowing survival story of julianne kopke the girl who fell from the sky jesus fucking christ yeah Wow. Yeah. So That's a lot. If, if she can survive 11 days in the jungle, I feel like we can do anything. Yeah. I feel like we can do anything. Yeah. Fuck. Shit. Goddamn. Right? <laughs> Sources yes? were rd.com. It's a reader's digest, mm-hmm. dot com, mm-hmm. Catherine MacDonald, bbc.com, Julian Kopke Diller, mm-hmm. cnn.com, Frederick Pleitgen. Vice.com, dot Tom Littlewood eBird.org. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a website about birds. Mm-hmm. Ranker.com, articles by Bailey Benningfield and Harrison Tenpas, Wikipedia, Panguana.de, 9news.com.au, Nick Pearson, the lineup.com, Michael J. Sidlinger, Simpleflying.com, Jake Hardeman, Wild Attitudes, no Wildlatitudes.com, Ivan Philipson. DustyOldThing.com, Rose Heichelbeck, DisciplesOfFlight.com, Anders Clark, All that's interesting.com. Kayla, or Kara Goldfarb, uh, TopCounselingSchools.org, Brian, uh-huh. <laughs> CampfireStoriesPodcast.medium.com, Tess Herdman, Wings of, Co- Wings of Hope documentary from 1998. Uh, you can find that on the YouTube account, The Viceregal Archive. It's the whole documentary. It's like an hour. Mm. And then My Favorite Murder, episode 22, That's How Water Works, <laughs> as told by Karen Kilgariff. <laughs> that was...
2: That was fucking crazy. That was that. That was bonkers. D-
1: bananas.
2: Absolutely bonkers. Bananas. Uh, yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. We done did it. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, we done done it, y'all. We did done do it.
0: So uh, y'all know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. Share, share, share. If you would like some exclusive motherfucking content, go become a patron on our La Patroon. Yeah, Randall has left the building, but you all know what the fuck to do with that podcast anytime with, with the...
1: Yes, <laughs> you all know. Anytime
2: now podcast, HonestHistory.com, yeah, uh, promo code G&H.
1: G is in ghosts, N is in H. Nope. <laughs> Julianne Kopke, I can't do anything. I'm sorry. I can't. I tried, and I can't. I believe in you. You know the things. All of them. You know so. the letters. Right. Do the stuff and things. So. Yeah.
0: All mm. right. Well, here we go. Here's to 2023, boo. Here we go. You and me. Me and you. Hell yeah. All right. Till next time, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye. Bye. Mwah! Hats off
1: to the fuck you club. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And today, I'm, you know,
0: love is one cult. You suck.
1: Truly. And Lonza. Lonza Airlines. You're defunct, but boy, oh boy. you you fucking suck. Truly. You all suck. Fucking terrible.
0: Super suck, so. Super suck. Super suck.
1: Well, now who's going to make you
0: cackle? (laughs) I could probably cackle anyway. Just
1: cackle at will. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Look at you, did it. I did it. (laughs)